This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Just one week to go until we out this piece, yo. A week from now, we will be doing our final show show before Hawaii. Uh, Looking forward to that. Yes, we will be doing shows in Hawaii. Yes, the Utah Jazz have made a pretty significant deal. Yes, college football is dead. Is college football coming down to the Big 12 versus the SEC? And is that healthy? How about the PGA Tour coming out swinging on LIB Golf? Um, We got to talk colonoscopies and minoxidil. (laughs) We're dudes. What else would we talk about? Minoxidil. Hey, man. Daddy putting snow on the roof, yo. Uh, We have a lot to get to today. By the way, here's a question for you. Is the news killing you? That's all coming up on the Monty Show. But we want to remind you that we are giving away a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas in the Shamrock Series. And all you have to do to win two tickets to that game, two nights at the Palms Hotel Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, uh, and a $250 gas card to get you there is go to any of Barbecue Pit Stop's five Utah locations or find them online at bbqpitstop.com, bbqpitstop.com. Check them out in Layton, Lehigh, Logan, St. George, and Murray. There's a box on the counter. You fill out the slip. You drop it in to win, and you then join us September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh, we're going to have a viewing party as uh, BYU takes on Oregon at Autzen Stadium. <laughs> Nike and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a viewing party. We're going to have all kinds of great pizza, wings on smokers. If you have never made a pizza on a smoker, you just simply haven't been born yet. You haven't. Been, you're not living. But September 17th can be your day. You're going to have pizza on a smoker, as well as wings. Jake will have some flats. I, of course, only eat drums because I have testosterone in my body. Right, uh, right. But we're going to do all of that on smokers at Barbecue Pit Stop. Then at halftime of BYU in Oregon, we're going to pull the winner, and we're sending a pair of listeners to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series, thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. And it is all presented by our guy, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666. Call him today. Today. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. Without further ado, we have breaking news for you to start the show this morning. The Utah Jazz have agreed to a trade with the Los Angeles Lakers that cannot be executed before Thursday because of the Pat Bev trade restriction that happened when the Jazz and the Timberwolves got together. But the Utah Jazz have traded Patrick Beverly to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. 
the Jazz just keep adding guards, right? That's what they do. But this is a fantastic trade. We've been telling you for several weeks that the Jazz have deals in place for Patrick Beverly. We have told you consistently that the Utah Jazz have been interested in Talon Horton Tucker. That's a guy that the Jazz and the Lakers have talked about all the way back to the trade deadline. And I know that we're crazy, and I know people tell you that we don't have sources, and we're trust me, bro, and all that stuff. We get it. The Jazz made a really significant deal, and here's why. Talon Horton Tucker is a fabulous young player. Talon Horton Tucker is a guy that's 6'4". He can play the one, the two, or the three for the Utah Jazz. He gives you flexibility, but the best part about THT, he's 21 years old. He is a young guy that needs to develop. And frankly, the issue with Talon Horton Tucker has been that he just was never going to grow his game and improve at the level that a 21-year-old ball player needs to when you're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That was just not going to be the best, highest use for Talon Horton Tucker, who frankly has struggled to shoot the three at a high percentage for the Lakers. I think all of those things change with THT on the Utah Jazz roster and by the way, this was a no-brainer. You knew almost from the moment that they made that trade when sources at the Jazz told us they only acquired Patrick Beverly to trade him. Thanks. You knew this was going down, and you knew the Lakers and the Jazz have had a long-standing, what's the right word, word to say, line of communication open. They have been talking for months and months, and this is a really good deal for both sides. Jake, I don't know your thoughts, but I love this trade. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing that Talon Horton Tucker brings is an, uh, is finally somebody else who can get their own bucket besides Don and Jordan Clarkson. And I think that, to me, is is highly valuable for where this roster is at. I told you a couple of weeks ago that Pat would never put on a Utah Jazz uniform. That just wasn't going to be in the, in the setup. It wasn't going to be in the path for... For him with the Jazz, he was very much just a a part of that uh, Timberwolves deal, and they were going to move on from him. and And so I think this is this is really good. I think you got good value back from him. I also think that uh, people are overlooking Stanley Johnson and what he can contribute to this team. I, I think Stanley Johnson is a nice player. He's got good size. Um, you know, obviously is a power forward, small forward combo guy. Uh, and I think he can do what everyone wanted Rudy Gay to do. I think that Stanley Johnson can come in, give you, you know, 10 points regularly, 15 points on a good night, yes. can bring you some defense, uh, and just adds depth to the team. And I think that, to me, is is what this move was all about. You know, obviously, Town Horn Tucker can be used in a variety of different ways. You know, you can use him coming off the bench. If you need to spot start him when you sustain injury, you can do that. Um, I think that he can easily be a, a, a one guard on this team coming off the bench, which means you can push uh, you can push Jordan Clarkson into just a straight up scoring role, which I think is really smart. Like I think last year, obviously, like his job was to score, but I think when we talk about setup and feel within the offense, it would be nice to have someone who could feed Jordan the ball instead of just bringing having him bring it up the floor and letting him sort of just decision make off of the off of the pick and roll. So I think this deal just gives you options um, and, and gives you more depth. And, and, and again, I'm just going to keep saying it. Danny Ainge is controlling the league right now. That's three deals Danny Ainge has made to the rest of the league's one deal. You know, and, and so to me, I just think that Danny has a plan. He has a vision. 
Uh, and I think that he's executing on that. And, and I don't know what more you could ask for um, if you're a Utah Jazz fan or if you're part of this organization because I think he's just he's just doing a great job. Well, and I can tell you straight away that there were at least a dozen teams, according to NBA sources, that were interested in Talon Horton Tucker. It was not a secret that the LA Lakers were going to trade THT. I mean, this was just an odd fit. Um, but the Jazz win that sweepstakes, and this does not, from what I understand, um, you know, fit into a model of, hey, we're in tank mode. Because I can tell you right now, having talked to the Jazz on a pretty regular basis, there's nobody in that front office that believes they are tanking. There is nobody operating with the idea of tanking. And I know a lot of Jazz fans have been looking at this and saying, hey, this is a tank mode and we're trying to get VW. There's nothing that the Utah Jazz have done that says that they are tanking. There is nothing that the Utah Jazz have done um, here that says that they are trying to get the number one overall pick. And I think if you look at what Stanley Johnson and Talon Horton Tucker bring to the table for the Jazz, it is not the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Mm -hmm. And Talon Horton Tucker is a guy that I can tell you that Jazz have liked for a while. This is not a deal, um, from what I understand, where the Jazz are trying to acquire assets that they can then, again, move on in another deal. Talon Horton Tucker's a guy that's going to wear a Utah Jazz uniform. And he's a guy that I know that they have liked, as I said, for a long time. I think what this signals to you is the Jazz have moved on from, from Jared Butler. That's what this feels like to me. Um, Talon Horton Tucker simply does one thing, if nothing else, and that's take minutes from, from Jared Butler. And again, if you're in a full tank, rebuild, play the young guys move, are you really going to do a trade that limits Jared Butler's development? What I think this tells you is what we heard after Summer League on Jared Butler was exactly right. There was a high level of anxiety and skepticism about Jared Butler coming out of last season. And then you saw he really struggled in Summer League, mainly because he showed up out of shape. He was overweight yeah. to a certain extent. But he did not have conditioning. The season ended, and Jared Butler didn't go to work. Jared yeah. Butler went home. And I think that's something that really frustrated the Jazz, and I think that's something that signaled to the Jazz that they didn't have the guy they thought they were getting in Jared Butler. And I think what Talon Horton Tucker does is he brings you a guy that's capable of playing three positions. He brings you a guy with good physicality. I don't think there's any doubt that when you look at Talon Horton Tucker, what we saw is he doesn't mind slashing in the basket. He knows that he has to play at multiple levels because he has really struggled to shoot the three. So Talon Horton Tucker, I think one of the big talking points here, Jake, is that I think he really, and I'm not going to say brings an end to, but I think he really limits the exposure of Jared Butler to the, the big club. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely changes Jared Butler's career path. There's no, no question about that. I, I think that... Jared Butler, unfortunately, um, you know, made, I mean, I guess it might be harsh to say he made some bad decisions, but I think just didn't execute on his offseason plan. And, and, and I think people forget how important that portion of an NBA player's game is because most NBA players are just so dedicated to it and they're so automatic about it that it never really gets talked about. But but Jared Butler was one of those one-off cases where, yeah, I mean, he didn't, I, I, he didn't come to camp or come come back like fat. Like what happened was is you just weren't in shape and conditioned. You weren't in basketball shape. You and were not ready to be the best player in the Las Vegas Summer League. Yeah. You yeah. just you simply weren't. Yeah. And they knew that at the Salt Lake Summer League because he just was not ready to go. Yeah. 
And I think, and I don't want to be too harsh. I don't want to be over the top. The Jazz are going to give Jared Butler a chance here. If he's still on the team, they're going to give him a chance. But I don't see a path for him to make the big club now. I see him as a G League guy. Yeah. I don't see a way that he cracks your your top four or five guards. Because if you think about what this is, as the roster is currently constructed, and I think that's a really important distinction to make, as the roster is currently constructed, Donovan is clearly still here. You look at Mike Conley, that's two. You look at Jordan Clarkson, that's three. You look at THT, that's four right there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at... And Nik- he's not playing over any of those guys, clearly. No, and I think if you look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's the more ready, you know, he's the more ready NBA player. I mean, you're really guard-heavy on this roster at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't see how Jared Butler fits into that. Yeah, and I think that I, 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 it needs to be said that Talon Horton Tucker, again, is is somebody who can get his own shot. And, and it is totally true and factual that he really struggled from three. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think this team needs more three-point shooting. Like, I think you Not have a plethora all. of three-point shooting. And and even if you were to trade Bogdanovich or, or, or Conley or, you know, any of these other guys that we've talked about, you still have good three-point shooting options. And I think that... The, the biggest thing in watching, you know, tape on this Jazz team from last year is just they, they just had no way outside of Donovan Mitchell to really break that paint in a way that created opportunities for other guys, you know, and I think that that part of that is on Donovan, but I think part of that is is the offense and the players themselves and their mentality, and I think... You know, it's no secret that Talon Horton Tucker got limited minutes with the Lakers, but I think the minutes he did get, like he showed you, hey, yeah, I can take someone off the dribble, and I do have a mid-range game, and I do have a finishing package. And I think that that type of player is what the Jazz need a little bit more of. But again, everyone's going to obsess on Talon Horton Tucker. I I hope that David Fisdale and this developmental staff develops him and turns him into what they want him to be. But I'm telling you right now, Stanley Johnson is a valuable asset in this trade. Stanley Johnson can come in and make a difference for this team. I think when you look at, look no further than the, than Stanley Johnson going off against the jazz last year uh, uh, in LA, you know, he understands time and space. He understands the kind of player he is, which is a driving, you know, player that's a little bit more physical, and he understands that he has size. I mean, this is a guy who is 6'6", 240, I believe he is, something like that. So you're talking about someone who's got length, he's got the ability to finish. Like he 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 is able to with his body, he understands how to move someone like Rudy Gobert. And well, I think that's hugely important. And the other thing about Stanley Johnson is He's also a guy that plays the two, three, four. He's a guy that's a, that you can play at guard. The guy I think this trade could have a a big impact on is Malik Beasley, and we've told you from you know the jump that you know Jazz sources had told us you know hey look out that's a guy that we're you know we're probably going to wind up trading. Malik Beasley has a lot of value around this league, and when I look at Talon Horton Tucker, Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson, I I think are going to get opportunities here because I do think they're going to have to trade Malik Beasley. You cannot have all these guards on your team. Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at those six, seven guys, um, again, I, I think Conley, Donovan, um, Jerry Butler, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's a 2-3 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Talon Horton-Tucker, you look at Stanley Johnson, you look at Malik Beasley, you're seven, six, seven, eight guys deep at guard. 
you've got to get more athletic at the power forward position. Yeah. I think you probably know that you need to add a center, at least one center on this team. And I'm told, by the way, I was also told yesterday that Hassan Whiteside, the door is not closed on him returning. Yeah. He was also a guy, Hassan Whiteside, that there was some disappointment in only that mentally Hassan Whiteside wasn't always present for the Utah Jazz. But that's who Hassan Whiteside is. If he's your starting center, that's a problem. Yeah. If he is your 15-minute-a-night guy center off the bench for a million, $2 million, that's not a problem. So I don't believe that the door is closed on Hassan Whiteside. But I think what you're seeing here is Danny Ainge is lining up other trades. Danny Ainge has been the busiest guy on the phones in the NBA all summer long. Because I was also told recently that there wasn't an effort in earnest to trade Kevin Durant from Brooklyn. that They talked to a lot of different teams. Brooklyn really never had an appetite to trade Kevin Durant. But all that deal did was hold up the NBA. But what deal really held up the NBA? As Jake has been telling you for six weeks since it happened, the Rudy Gobert deal is what held up every other trade in the NBA because of the return that Danny got for, for Rudy Gobert. And now what you're seeing is, that trade, that Rudy Gobert trade, is setting up other dominoes in the plan for the Utah Jazz this summer. But one thing that I, I think is is crystal clear here, this deal has in no way changed or impacted the, the trade of Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. Thanks. And I did not misspeak. It's the trade of Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. I don't see the Lakers were never in the last two months involved in a Donovan Mitchell trade yeah. with the Lakers or with the Jazz, excuse me. That story out of Phoenix was a complete joke. That was a smokescreen. That was somebody getting leveraged. That was a complete joke. The Lakers were never in discussions with the Jazz on, hey, how do we get Donovan Mitchell? The Utah Jazz are not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. One of the other things the Hacks in Phoenix said was that Dallas was close on a deal. The, the Utah Jazz are not trading Donovan Mitchell to the Dallas Mavericks. They're not trading Donovan Mitchell to the LA Lakers. I can tell you point blank, I believe that there is one team and one team only that can acquire Donovan Mitchell, and that's the New York Knicks. Unless it's a four-team trade and craziness ensues, Yeah. okay, then there, you just can't plan for that. But if we're talking about a legitimate likelihood of a trade for Donovan Mitchell, it's to the New York Knicks. I have worked very hard to get information on Charlotte. I don't believe that there is a legitimate substantive trade for Donovan Mitchell to end up with the Charlotte Hornets. And I don't it, think it makes sense for Charlotte either, by the way. I don't with believe where that, they are. Well, I, I think the logic in Charlotte is that you need a go-to guy. Right. Donovan Mitchell's that go-to guy. You need somebody, especially what's going on off the court in Charlotte with Beasley. Like, I just think you need somebody that you can you can give the ball to and that that can play with LaMelo Ball mm -hmm. who can be you know who can be a conduit for his growth as a distributor and create space for him to be a better three-point shooter that currently as they're constructed doesn't exist or excuse me I said I said Beasley Bridges with what's going on off the court with Bridges and Charlotte yeah I mean you have a lot of issues there you need to kind of remake some of the pieces because if Bridges isn't available to you and there's a high likelihood he's not going to be available to them. Remember, he's a free agent. He was involved in yeah. a heinous domestic violence accusation. Yeah. So 
that I, I think Bridges is a guy that's in peril there. I also think that you need to do everything you can do in Charlotte to facilitate an atmosphere of growth for LaMelo Ball. I think bringing in a guy like Donovan Mitchell does that. There, There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The issue is they don't have assets and guys to bring to the Jazz to make a 1v1 deal. That's a three and probably a four-team deal. I, I think the only other team that really could be in position to trade for Donovan Mitchell outside of the New York Knicks is the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was talking to an NBA source this week who said, hey, John Collins is still available for those who, who are interested. And I can tell you the Utah Jazz are interested in John Collins. I've heard that since the deadline. I heard that certainly over the summer, that he was a guy that the Utah Jazz really valued. And Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that the Atlanta Hawks value. They need a veteran that they can put in the corner or on the elbow who can knock down a three. And again, I just want you to understand, Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that has value across this league. So when you look at the Dallas Mavericks, when you and I still maintain Dallas is the most likely destination for Boyan Bogdanovich. Bojan. But when you look at Bo Bojan Bagsnachevich, I can tell you that Atlanta would love to get their hands on Boyan Bogdanovich. I can tell you Dallas would like to have Boyan Bogdanovich. There are deals out there. The main question is, where will Donovan Mitchell be when training camp starts? Yeah. 65-35. 65% he goes to camp with the Jazz. I think truly the only destination where a deal can get done is a three-team deal where the primary suitor for Donovan Mitchell is the New York Knicks. I think that's the only way that that deal gets done. And frankly, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not, I am not coming off of what I've said I would offer, two unprotected first-round picks and, and a young player to go with a salary maker. That's what I would be willing to give up to get Donovan Mitchell. And I think, again, Leon Rose has done a very good job of not caving to Danny Ainge because the other thing about this Talon Horton Tucker trade that is unequivocal, both of these teams won here. Right. Patrick Beverly gives you a very, very important need that the Lakers don't currently have. You know. And that's the ability to shut down the, the perimeter. That's the ability to be a nasty basketball team. Well, and you've got the heat with his time with the Clippers and everything too. That's the other thing that's at play here, I think. Well, it's see, and I, I, I saw a lot of that online yeah. when that when that yeah. trade was announced. No, I mean, I think that's real. I think that you do. Yeah, I think that Pat Bev's time with the Clippers and now that he's wearing a Laker uniform, I, I definitely think that matters. Is it like as far as the Lakers are concerned? I think that always matters when you have a a, a guy and. Um, uh, you know, when you have a guy that makes a difference in a game, and I think that's how I would describe Patrick Beverly, he makes a difference, you know? Sometimes that's not always, you know, 20 points a night. Sometimes, obviously, that's going to be defensive and getting in guys' head and, and doing things. I, I can only imagine uh, what Patrick Beverly is going to do to Paul George. I can only imagine, like, what the kind of pass that he's going to be to that Clipper team. And I and I think, so yeah, I do, I do think that matters. But I have to say, you know, for all those people who are saying that this deal says that the Utah Jazz are tanking, I just think it's the exact opposite. I, I think that this deal um, finds the Utah Jazz in a, in, a, in a pretty decent position, all things considered. I mean, you have, you have definitely improved the athleticism of your depth. Uh, I don't know, you know, again, this is going to be up to Will Hardy and, and obviously Danny Ainge is going to have a say, but I think... It'll be interesting to see, like, you know, where Stanley Johnson slots in, where, like, how they use THT. But what we do know already is that these guys are both more athletic than what you had last year. And, and again, I'm going to keep emphasizing this. If you're a Utah 
Jazz fan today, I would highly encourage you to, to, you know, whenever you get five minutes, go on YouTube sometime today and just do a quick search for, for Talon Horton Tucker season highlights or Stanley Johnson season highlights and see what these guys bring because I think what you're going to find is they do bring that certain level of athleticism. They do bring that certain level of, hey, I can get my own shot. Like, like specifically with Stanley Johnson, the Lakers had this set where Stanley uses LeBron as kind of a decoy, and once the defense takes the bait, he just goes to the basket. It's a real simple set, but because Stanley Johnson is the player that he is, it's executed at a really high level. And so I think seeing those things and seeing that these guys can can operate in those type of situations excites me. It, it, it gives me hope for what this offense can be. And, and I think ultimately that's what you're trying to do here. Assuming that Donovan Mitchell is here and, and is going to play with the Utah Jazz, you want to be putting Donovan Mitchell in the best positions possible. I, I think that's without a doubt. And I think these two guys help you accomplish that goal and what's more exciting is you're not even close to done yet I mean who knows what you're going to get back for for bogey who knows you know what you're going to get back for Mike Conley you know we've heard all about Mike Conley going to the Lakers well now you've got a Pat Bev deal to the Lakers let's see if they do a Conley deal you know so I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out yeah I think also that there's a lot of credence in in you know the the defensive needs of the LA Lakers forcing this deal to happen. But I mean, if if you're the Lakers, I think one of the things that's very interesting here is you didn't have to give, give up a pick to make this deal. And I think that you got a tremendous value in Patrick Beverly. He is desperate to win a championship. He makes them a good defensive team. Yeah. Because you can play him 40 minutes and not care if he scores the basketball as long as he's pissing off the opponent and as long as he is keeping guys out of the paint because if he keeps guys out of the paint and they truly do play Anthony Davis at the five, which by all accounts is exactly what they're going to do, the Lakers are now a far better defensive team today than they were at any time last season. Right. And one of the things I think we saw was the Lakers just simply had an inability to defend last year. And a lot of it was that Anthony Davis was hurt. Anthony Davis, I think a lot of people forget, is a stellar defender. Anthony Davis has the ability to lock guys down. And I think he was the one guy that was doing that because LeBron's not playing defense at the level that he has previously in his career. I, th I don't think that's any secret. Yeah. And I think when you have a guy like Patrick Beverly, you can put him on the best, most able player on the other team, a Devin Booker who, who Pat Bev broke his nose, what was that, two years ago, I guess, at this point. Um, you know, like, I mean, you look at those situations and what you see is that Patrick Beverly gives you a lot more flexibility defensively if you're the Lakers. That's every day. And you didn't have to give up a draft pick to get that done. Well, and I think the draft pick portion also lends itself to the Donovan conversation. You know, the, 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 the situation with, you know, Leon trying to get Donovan for, you know, two unprotected picks or three unprotected picks and, and really not wanting to come up to that four unprotected pick number and six picks overall. I think it's really interesting when we look at this Lakers deal because there were no picks involved, as he just said. I mean, there, there there's no draft compensation. And that tells me that, hey, like that, that whole conversation about the Lakers are a third team in the Donovan Mitchell situation. While that's still possible, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense that the Lakers are going to sit here and do a Pat Bev deal only to then go out and try to be a third team in a Donovan Mitchell deal. That that like 
it, it the order of things just doesn't make sense. Like to me, you logically speaking, you would want to get the Donovan deal done, and then you would want to do the fringe deals like Correct. a Pat Bev deal, like a Mike Conley deal. So the fact that this Pat Bev deal got done, and we haven't had a Donovan deal, to me, in my opinion, says hey, the 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 Donovan deal with the Lakers being the third team. I don't think that that deal is going to happen. Now, again, I'm not sitting here saying that the Knicks and Jazz, just those two together, that deal, I'm not saying that that deal is dead at all, but I just think the Lakers portion of it, to me, I, I don't think they're they're going to be in that deal. And look, the, the other thing that I think is really important to point out here is that the, the, the Utah Jazz are far from a finished product. I mean, this roster is going to significantly change before training camp. And I have said repeatedly on the show, I've heard from both NBA sources, I have heard from Jazz sources, Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley are the two most likely guys to be traded. And that, that? and that includes Donovan Mitchell. I think Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley are more likely to be dealt before training camp than Donovan Mitchell is even. Yeah. And I, I think that's because you have to get younger and you have to allow guys like Talon Horton Tucker um, to be trade if you're going to trade for them, you have to allow them to to develop because Talent Horton Tucker is a guy that's got top twenty potential. Yes, I mean he's a guy that can be a top twenty player in this league. He's got to fix his three point shot, and that ball's got to go in the hole a lot more. But he is also a pretty good defender. He's a guy that can use his body. He has got enough size and strength. He's got, frankly, really good width in the shoulders that allows him to play the three and the four. Um, if they really wanted to play small ball, there is no doubt that Talon Horton Tucker could do that. But there's also no doubt that the, the Jazz can turn around and trade him in, in a different deal if they really wanted to. He's a young man. He's 21 years old. This is a young player with a lot of potential. And let's be honest, this trade doesn't you know, foundationally trade uh, or foundationally change either team. I mean, the Lakers are not championship-caliber basketball now that they trade for Pat Bev. Right. Let's be honest, the Jazz are also not, you know, playoff contenders, you know, top five in the West because they got Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. But what this deal does is it gives both teams flexibility and it did nothing to prevent future trades on either end. That's why the draft pick compensation here is so important. No draft picks are changing hands. And this deal, again, I want to make sure people understand this. This deal will not be final until Thursday because Patrick Beverly has a time trade restriction where he cannot be traded until Thursday because he was just traded from the Timberwolves to the Jazz. That comes off the books on Thursday when this trade is executed. Then we'll know the actual details here. But Jazz sources are telling me that they didn't include draft compensation in here. So this is a really good deal for both sides. It works for both sides. Both sides are winners here. Now the question is, what is next for the Utah Jazz? The other thing is that, that I think much to your point, and to your credit, you've said this three, four times this week, Danny Ainge continues to set the market in the NBA trade trade game. Yeah. I mean, he is absolutely controlling the trade market. He has made not one or two. He's now made three significant deals mm -hmm. where the rest of the league really has not made many significant trades at all. The only one has been the DeJounte Murray to Atlanta deal. Really. I, mean, I mean, other than that, really nothing has happened yet. You have Rudy Gobert in a, a historically large trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have Royce O'Neal, which now looks like an absolute steal yeah. um, for for the Utah Jazz. You got a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal, and now you send 
Patrick Beverly to the Lakers for two players that you can actually leverage on this roster. Because as much as, and again, I think Stanley Johnson could be a really interesting player for the Jazz. He has been a big disappointment. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that was a top 10 draft pick coming out of Arizona that had really high expectations. Number eight overall in 2015. And he hasn't performed at all. Yeah. So there is disappointment in him. But when you come to the Jazz and, and they're in the situation that they're in, which is development, and you hire a guy like David Fisdale, yeah. and you really commit dollars to growing the players that are in your in your system, I, I think Stanley Johnson couldn't probably have wound up in a better place. Talon Horton Tucker couldn't have wound up in a better place because let's say they do trade Donovan Mitchell yeah, and they do keep Talon Horton Tucker. I mean, there's a lot of credence in the idea that Talon Horton Tucker can grow and become one of your best players. And if that does happen, this trade looks like an absolute win now for the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. So again, breaking news this morning, the Utah Jazz is, uh, we have been telling you, have traded Patrick Beverly to the LA Lakers for Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Let's get your thoughts on it. Um, because I think both for Nick fans, Laker fans, Jazz fans, this is a pretty important move. Yeah. This is a very important move. So let's see what uh let's see what we get here. First in this morning, Kurt Myers is making a habit of being the first guy in in the comments. <laughs> he says, Morning to y'all. Um Kanai Johnson, good morning to you. First one in today. Well, no, uh, actually you're actually, second. No, according to the ledger, you're second, my man. <laughs> I think it was a good trade. Johnson is young and is active on the floor. He is very active. I agree with that. Pudge NYC says, salute Monty and son. Thank you. Appreciate that. Jesse Hatch, good morning to you. What impression does this trade give you on how Ainge wants to build this team? Is this a rebuilding move or a competitive move? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's somewhere in between. I think that I, I can definitively say, in my opinion, it's not a rebuilding move. I, I think if you were rebuilding, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be um, trying to to make a deal with the Lakers, in my opinion. I mean, I, I I get that THT and Stanley Johnson are younger players, but but you're you're these guys are complementary players to what you have now, and they they in my opinion they make you better, assuming that you move on from Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley. And so that's why I say, like, you have to remember the the limited opportunity that both of these guys got. Now, to your point. Uh, Stanley Johnson has been disappointing. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's it's a it's a big ask, and we're seeing this a bit with Jared Butler on some level. Like it's a big ask to say to someone, especially a young guy who's fresh in the league, like, "Hey, you, you know, we need you to perform, but you're not going to get a lot of minutes." And I think the trouble with Stanley Johnson is is that he's not really, from an experience standpoint, he's not really a young guy. I mean, again. Eighth overall in 2015, I believe it was. So this isn't someone who's like two years into the league. But I think that situationally speaking, Stanley Johnson should do well here. Um, I think Talon Horton Tucker, on the other hand, is someone that that really they can develop and turn into a like he has starter potential. There's no doubt about it. You could develop him if that three starts to improve, if the defense stays where it is. There's no reason why Talon Horton Tucker couldn't be a starter in the NBA. So we'll see what they do. The Jazz, in my opinion, as I have said over the last like year, are notorious for not developing people. You, like, look no further than Jared Butler. Look no further than some of these other examples. You know, the Azabukis, whoever you want to look to. They're not good at developing guys. And I'm hoping that that's changed now with Fizdale and that staff coming in 
to to take what you have and make it better because ultimately that's what it takes to win. You have to turn your your average player into an above average player that helps your team win. If you do that, you're going to be in a great place. So is it a rebuilding move? No, I don't think so at all. Um, is it a competitive move? I think is how you verbalized it. Yeah, I think that if you develop these guys, this is quality depth that you can run out there every single night and can get between the two of them probably anywhere between 15 to 25 points out of, out of uh, between those two on a nightly basis. Yeah, and, and listen, I think one of the things that's also very interesting is you know what the what the the Lakers do next. What does this mean for the Knicks? Because I was I, I I was really curious to see exactly what Danny would do as far as like trades and what order he would make them. Yeah, and I I think when with the point that you make about you know what makes sense this this trade has zero impact on Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, and I think that's really important. I think still the bigger conversation is what Danny Ainge winds up prying away from Leon Rose. Yes, yes, And, yes. you know, like, is R.J. Barrett a guy that has tremendous value? Is R.J. Barrett a guy that the Knicks want to trade? I That answer has changed dramatically several times. And I think that there it, it is simply a matter of how have negotiations matured? How have negotiations gone on? Because, you know, I think one of the things that people assume is that trade negotiations are a straight line from A to B, and that's how the deal gets done. When the facts of the matter are that trades are not at all a straight line. Those negotiations zig and zag all over the place. And so, you know, one iteration of a trade has R.J. Barrett in it. Another iteration does not. One iteration or one phase of the trade negotiations, and I could tell you factually, the Jazz and the Knicks had a deal in place where Quentin Grimes was coming to the Jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. And now Leon Rose has said, I don't want to trade Quentin Grimes and I'm not going to put him in this deal. Like that's how trades work. It's a negotiation. It's a conversation. It's a living being. You have things that change. This trade, however, changes nothing between the Knicks and the Jazz. They can still make this trade. I don't think by any way, shape or form, either does this trade indicate that the Jazz are are completely tearing it down and tanking. The idea um, immediately that, oh, well, they're trying to get the number one pick in the draft. There just is no way, I, I and I shouldn't say no way, there's very little route for the Jazz to end up with even a top three pick in this upcoming draft. I mean, that would be very difficult to acquire. Right. And I just don't think that's how Danny Ainge likes to build his basketball teams. And I think the bigger question is, is Danny Ainge the guy that's going to bring a championship to Utah? If I had to guess, I would think if not, he'll get them very close because Danny Ainge is doing everything that you would expect a general manager to do when he's trying to build a championship team. Yeah. He is stripping out high salary that isn't championship caliber, Rudy Gobert. He is moving guys on that are not championship caliber players, Royce O'Neal, and he is acquiring young guys that they can evaluate develop and either turn into something or trade something. And I think that's exactly what Danny Ainge is doing here. But no, under no circumstance does this deal um, mean that they're tanking. I, I I just don't see it that way. And I, and I think one last thing on the Leon Rose conversation is part of this. I think this deal 
to me, as far as negotiations are concerned, sends a message from Danny Ainge to Leon Rose that Danny Ainge isn't waiting around for Leon Rose. I think that Danny Ainge is saying, hey, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And when you're ready to pony up four unprotected first round picks and, you know, what we talked about, give me a call. Like, that's on, like when we talk about negotiations, that's, and, and again, hey, maybe I'm way off. Maybe, maybe Danny Ainge is the one that's getting whittled down here, but I just don't believe that based on Danny's track record. I think that Danny is, is sending a clear message. Hey, I'm going to keep going with our offseason plan and building this team. And when you're ready to, when you're ready to come to the table with that price that I've been steadfast on, because remember what we've heard, it's always been four unprotected first round picks and six overall. That's always been the price. So, you know, that's just where I think the negotiations are at right now. Yeah, I, I don't think this trade has any impact on the Knicks whatsoever. I, I mean, I, I just think it, there's nothing there. Um, I think that the much larger discussion about this trade is I, I, I just think it's an in, another indication they're not tanking. They're not tearing it down. I, I really, you know, I just don't see how this changes the way that the Jazz and the Knicks are are doing business in any way, shape, or form. Uh, hey, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 9 o'clock in the East. The Jazz and the Lakers hook up on a on a, a very interesting deal as the Utah Jazz trade Patrick Beverly to the LA Lakers in return for Stanley Johnson and Talon Horton Tucker. What do you guys think? Do you think the Jazz are tanking? Do you think this means the Jazz are not going to trade Donovan Mitchell? How does this impact your views? We'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, coming up here in about, I don't know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes or so, we'll get you to uh, some college football because I, I think this Big Ten expansion, Big 12 expansion, SEC thing um, took an interesting turn with with some new rumors about where the, the Big Ten is headed. So we'll talk about that coming up in about, uh, I don't know, 35, 36 minutes or so. Stick around for that. Let's run through some of your comments. Gene String Gamer says, yes, sir. Gene Stream, did you get your shirts finally? Um, I saw our guy Mark in, in the Philippines uh, in Manila got his shirts that we sent him. So Gene, did you get your shirts yet? Uh, Kyle J., says those headlines went from the Lakers are interested in Donovan Mitchell to the Lakers have acquired Pat Bev real quick. Well, and I think that's part of the part of the frustration amongst NBA fans is you have you I mean you have these idiots out there that are like, "Oh, the 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 Lakers are interested in Donovan Mitchell." Right. What are you really saying? Are you really <laughs> I mean, you're, are, are you breaking what, news at all? What you're really saying is you need some you need some attention. That's what you're really saying. Because the truth is, is that of course the Lakers are interested in Donovan Mitchell, and so is Charlotte and Washington and Find Atlanta. Find a team like, in the on, NBA dude. that's not interested in Donovan Mitchell. Like, and, the, and that's what I mean. Like when you see, and, and again, this isn't about saying that that we're perfect or right or whatever. But I'm just saying in the big picture, we don't tell you things unless we're 100, percent you know, on them. Like unless we're multiple multiple verified like unless it's in a really good spot and we can trust it we don't we don't say just outlandish stuff so when i saw the stuff out of phoenix and in you know you see some stuff out of new york from time to time and nationally when they're like oh well this team it has some interest and quote the feeling around the league is you don't know what you're talking about and you don't have information that yeah that pretty much anytime you see somebody say the feeling around the league like is. come on dude come on you know? I, I think that there is this time of year, there's a lot of people trying to make their names. And I and I totally understand that. There was never a point where the Lakers were going to seriously engage the Lakers or where the Jazz were going to seriously engage the Lakers on a Donovan Mitchell trade. That just was not going to happen. Yeah. The the this is the same 
conversation we had about, you know, how Quinn Snyder was going to go and coach the Lakers. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. I, I mean, like, it, it's come just on. not, it's just not realistic. Robert Lambert says we could have gotten a real NBA rotation player for Pat Bev. No bad trade. No, I think it's an excellent trade. I, I think it is. It, it, it absolutely makes you younger more flexible, more pliable on the floor, and doesn't restrict your flexibility off of it. It's an absolute no-brainer of a trade, in my opinion. Jay Deals Direct says, and once again, Jazz haven't made one move to win this season. Oh, I think this makes them a better team. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Patrick Beverly had no home here. Patrick Beverly fit into the Jazz in no way. I, I just don't see how he... I mean, how does he help the Utah Jazz accomplish any of their short-term or long-term goals? Yeah. So the idea that, you know, that, that this isn't a, a move to win this season would necessitate the Jazz prioritizing 2022-2023 to win games this season. They're prioritizing 2022-2023 to win in 23-24-24-25, like to move the ball forward to help you become a contender in the not-so-distant future. I mean, financially speaking, it's not... With where the Gobert contract was and, like, their setup, they were never in a position just to cut a bunch of salary and then spend a bunch of money to be a title contender this year. That's not really how the process works. And I think as a Jazz fan, you need to understand that, that you know, there's a difference between rebuilding and and just changing your financial picture so you can set yourself up for a five-year window where you're winning every single year, where you're making deep playoff runs. I mean, you have plenty of examples of this across the league. I mean, you know, again, we always look at Boston, but look what Danny did in Boston and look what he left behind in Boston. Not only did he go and get Boston, uh, um, you know, a championship and a ton of playoff runs and all that great stuff, but what he left behind damn near got them another championship on their own. And so that's what I'm saying. Let's not, let's stop being super negative on this. Like, Yes, are the are, are the Jazz going to be a uh, an NBA Finals contender this year? Well, no, they're not. But they weren't last year either. I got news for you; they weren't even close. Like they were never NBA Finals material. So to me, this is the right process. Yes, I need to cut the fat out of my cap situation with Rudy Gobert. I need to get a little bit younger. I need to get a little bit more flexible. I need to get a little bit more uh, athletic. And then I need to start developing some of these guys. I'm tired of the Utah Jazz having name after name on their roster that doesn't work out or they go somewhere else and they thrive. I'm tired of that narrative. It is time for them to develop players, and that's what I think you're going to see. Yep, totally agree with that. King Ant G says, how do Trey Murray and D. Mitch play together? How? Well, I, I think that there you would have to see what that rotation looks like. I think one of the things that is interesting about Atlanta is how much they believe that that Trey Young can win them a championship. And I, I hearken back to a conversation we had in early June. Yeah. I think they are acutely aware that Trey Young is not a championship caliber player on his own, meaning that he is not the singular guy that's going to win you a ring. And I think that's a, a change in thinking for the Atlanta Hawks. Like, if you look at Trey Young, you went out and got a guy who's arguably better than Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, right? But neither one of those guys plays stylistically the way Donovan plays. Those two guys, Trey Young's a three-point shooter. He is a guy that I think they would like to be a three-point shooter and a dominant assist player. 
I think they worry about his health when he goes into the paint. I think when you look at DeJounte Murray, he's a pure scorer. He's a guy that can shoot the three. He plays at all three levels, but he's also a quick skills handle guy. Donovan's more of a physical meat player. He's more of a a thicker guy that can bang a little bit, that can play in the mid-range. Donovan's got exceptional three-point range. There's absolutely a way. The question about the Atlanta Hawks is, are there enough basketballs to go around? And you could absolutely be right. Does a DeJounte Murray trade eliminate Donovan Mitchell to Atlanta? It just depends on who you ask. Yeah. It just depends on what what value and what style are we going to see the Atlanta Hawks deploy because I think that they want to play faster basketball in Atlanta. They understand that the plotting, methodical, half-court stuff isn't Trey Young's best game, so you went and got a guy who can play any style in DeJounte Murray. I think Donovan Mitchell is far more of a half-court player than either one of those two guys. Yeah. So I absolutely think Donovan could play there. Um, you know, I, I think it just it just takes time. It And the other thing that I think about DeJounte Murray is DeJounte can play the 2-3-4 in this league depending on how your roster is structured. If you're playing small ball, DeJounte Murray at the 3-4 absolutely works. If you're playing traditional 1-2, 3-4-5 guy, backcourt, frontcourt, DeJounte Murray can absolutely be your two. Right? Like it just depends on how you want to build that roster. Yeah. But there's no doubt that Trey could be your one, Don could be your two, DeJounte Murray could be your three. Like there's no doubt about that. How does that work on the salary cap? How does that work with enough shots to go around? Because I think that'd be the biggest issue there. Yeah. Are there enough shots to go around for three guys like that? My guess would be probably no. But I know one thing is for sure that it John Collins almost certainly has to be moved. He is a guy that is not a great fit in that current situation in Atlanta. So, But again, I, I maintain all of this as smoke and mirrors. The, the New York Knicks are where Donovan Mitchell is going to end up if he gets traded. Yeah. I, I I just don't see any way to 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 go around that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, and if that takes again, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm not doing this deal without Quentin Grimes. I, I'm just not. And I I know, like I'm texting with a couple of NBA guys right now. Like Danny Ainge really wants Quentin Grimes. Danny Ainge is open to taking R.J. Barrett back, but I know certainly, like look at Talon Horton Tucker. That's a I, what is he a ten million dollar contract? Yeah. I mean, that's a guy, and I, I, don't, I don't want to speak out of turn, so I'll look that up real quick, but I'm pretty certain that the Lakers extended him a year ago. So Talon Horton Tucker, I think, is making $10 bucks. I mean, that's nothing in today's NBA world. Yeah. Now, granted, he's not a $20 million player because mainly he doesn't shoot the three well, but he's 21 years old. Yeah, three years, $30.7 million. I mean, he's making $10 bucks a year. Yeah, 10.2 a year. And it's three years. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Like I mean, it is a it is a it is a small price to pay. And really, really, you know, for being honest, it's two years because he's he's unrestricted in twenty twenty four. So really, it's two seasons of commitment. Yep, I agree. Uh, my holy king, good morning. Says Utah can still trade Horton Tucker. Yeah, they can. They could. They could. Well, trade and that's him if the other side to. of it too. Like, and and that and this is what I'm kind of trying to get at here is like, I just don't think there needs to be. And and maybe I'm 
maybe I'm overstating the case, but it just seems like some of the Jazz fans in the comments are being very negative about this deal, and I just don't think it's a it's a negative deal. I don't think it signals a rebuild. I just simply think it signals, hey, we we're not interested in keeping Patrick Beverly, but we saw it as an opportunity to go and get some younger talent. And by the way, that younger talent doesn't tie us up for 25% of the cap every year or whatever. Like it's a it's a low risk high reward type situation it just yes. requires that you go and develop these yep. guys and king ant g is one of those guys oh my lord the jazz traded for tht to win i'm a head out who said that nobody said they traded for tht Ta to listen, win dude talon horton tucker is a 21 year old player who's got to learn to shoot the three consistently at the nba level you're not doing that to win now but there is no question that this Utah Jazz organization has prioritized developing their younger talent. There's no doubt about that. You don't hire and pay David Fisdale in the position and what they're paying him, and his only job is to develop talent here. That's it. His only job is to work with their G League program and develop guys like Jared Butler, Azabuki, a talent Horton Tucker. Like They're committed to developing young talent here. There's nobody that thinks Talon Horton Tucker was traded for because they're going to win a championship this year. Like that, so the the ridiculous inflammatory comment. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, nobody said that. Nobody dude. said yeah. that. Uh, Theuni Music. Good morning to you, friend. He says, "What highlights uh, averaging ten points? What do you mean for uh, the problem for Talon Horton Tucker in L.A.? Like, why is this so hard for people to digest? You have no idea what Talon Horton Tucker is as a player." Because he's been playing with LeBron, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's not getting opportunities. He's not getting a ton of a ton of it's it's not like the guy's taking eight threes a game and shooting twenty nine percent. Yeah. Talon Horton Tucker is a C player on that team who will never on the Lakers would have never grown into a B or an A player. Yeah. But he can here. Why is this so like I this is what I don't understand about jazz fans and and basketball fans in general what a guy did on his previous team is almost meaningless unless you're LeBron and you won championships with Miami and Cleveland okay that that is absolutely significant what Talon Horton Tucker did with the Lakers he's 21 years old yeah come on this is the RJ Barrett conversation RJ it's great that RJ scored 20 points last year but if he's gonna be in this jazz Donovan Mitchell trade we need him to score 25 and 30 points down the road. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. We know what a 21-year-old R.J. Barrett can do. Mm -hmm. What can a 27-year-old R.J. Barrett do? Is a 27-year-old is a, is a R.J. Barrett, hell, is a 25-year-old, 24-year-old R.J. Barrett a top 10 player in the NBA? Because <clears throat> I no. can tell you a 24, 25-year-old Donovan Mitchell is a top five player in the NBA arguably when he comes back this season. So I need to know what Talon Horton Tucker can do when he's 24, 25. Yeah. That's what the jazz are going to find out. And that's a lot of development time. Yes. I, mean, I mean, if, if, if you're putting energy into these guys, I'm telling you, like he will get better. He will. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's really interesting that you do, Why is it that we cannot project forward? Why is it as sports fans we can only talk about what somebody did? Like, I'll look at Russell Westbrook. 
Russell Westbrook, the day he doesn't play for the Lakers, will be a better basketball player. Because that player that he was in OKC in Houston, at times in Houston, that guy's still in there. I don't know where this, his jump shot went. I have no idea. But this is a guy that's an MVP. Yeah. This is a guy that can really score the ball. At some point, that guy's going to come back out, and somebody's going to get that player. And he plays defense. I don't know who that somebody is. I don't think it's not going to be the Jazz. I can tell you that. Somebody's going to get that player. Yeah. And I, my opinion is it very well could be, if they hang on to him, it very well could be the Lakers this year. It very well could be the Lakers. I, I, I mean... I, it's just shocking to me that people can't see this. All right. Uh, Money Unmasked says, perfect example is Wendell Carter Jr. He's a completely different player in Orlando than he was in Chicago. Yeah, Trust dude. me, I'm a yes, Bulls fan. Dude. Like, Wendell I, Carter Jr. is a completely different I, the player. The situation dictates what you're able to do as a player. Like, you know, not everybody, like, I, I guess, I assume that this was obvious, but maybe I shouldn't. Not everybody gets the reps in, in game that LeBron James and Kevin Durant get. Not everybody is guaranteed to play 40 minutes a night. Not like, everybody has the license to do whatever they want. Yeah. Guys like Katie, LeBron, Donovan Mitchell in Utah to a larger extent. Like, I mean, those guys shoot when they want to shoot. They drive when they want to drive. They don't have to follow the 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 framework of an offense. And they've earned that. Yes. To credit to them, they've earned that. But I think that when we look at Jared Butler or Talon Horton Tucker or, you know, Stanley Johnson or any of these guys, like... You have to understand when you're playing for a contending team that it has, you know, NBA Finals aspirations, you're not going to get a ton of minutes every night. So that's why I say, like, yes. like, these people who are like, oh, well, this guy scored 10 points a night. I'm out of here. Well, then you don't understand how to project forward. You don't understand what opportunity looks like in the NBA. He's 21 years old. Like, I got news for you, dude. Like, not everybody you trade for is going to be an all-star on the other team or else you probably wouldn't be trading for him. And like, last year's Lakers were so dysfunctional. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the pain train that was the L.A. Lakers last year. In town, Horton Tucker still had some really nice moments. He still yes. showed you, hey, like in certain situations, I can thrive. I can be a guy that shows 20-point-a-night potential. He's not a 20-point-a-night guy right now. No, I agree with that. But he has that potential within him. He's very smooth offensively. He understands space. He understands how to run sets. He understands positioning on the floor and how to get the right matchups. Like, he understands it. What he needs work on is that jump shot. Like, in the mid-range, he's, he's fine. He's serviceable. Could get better. But the three ball is what he really needs to take his game to the next level. I mean, this is a guy that, at looking at his numbers, Talon Horton Tucker, do you guys understand that he only shoots three threes a game? That he only shoots, on, on average, less than 10 times a game? Less than 10 shots a game? And we're condemning this guy as some piece of garbage who can't score like I, in a dysfunctional LA Laker situation last year the guy I I, I don't even we don't even know I ain't doing it no no yeah he's 21 years old yeah there's just no reason to be negative about what it. what are we talking about yeah uh T money good morning to he says you're not getting RJ Barrett wake wake the f up what listen I, I still maintain that Danny Ainge doesn't want to pay R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I, and I think there's a lot of people in the league who don't want to pay R.J. Barrett. You know, like, it, it, the, it, you look around you look around the, the media, and we the NBA guys that we talk to have repeatedly said the Jazz hesitation is they don't want to pay R.J. Barrett. 
I think the deal that Danny Ainge would do today, today, is four unprotected first-round picks, McBride or McBride or quickly and Grimes. He would, I think, he'd do that today. Thanks. You're going to have to add some vets in there, like that. That's the core of that deal. You're going to have to add, obviously, more salary to that deal to make it work. Totally understand that. Danny Ainge would take four unprotected first-round picks. I think his preference would be quickly, but he definitely wants Grimes. I still maintain that the Jazz are not in love with with Obi Toppin, but they that's a guy that you could easily take back. You can play him. You can grow him mm-hmm. and see what, what may, right? Fine. Okay, if Obi Toppin's in that deal, great. I've got to have Quentin Grimes, and... I've got to have, if I'm Danny Ainge, four unprotected first-round picks. Well, and I, and, and I think the thing is, and, and I think Knicks fans don't like to acknowledge this, with all due respect, as the saying goes on the show, this deal for the Utah Jazz is is a choice for them to go into rebuild mode. I mean, if you trade Donovan Mitchell, you are definitively in rebuild mode. And that's why I say the commitment from Danny Ainge on the four unprotected first-round picks may seem like overvaluing Donovan Mitchell, but I don't even think it's about Donovan Mitchell. I think it's about the situation you would find yourself in if you do this deal because if you don't have those four unprotected first-round picks and you don't have six picks overall plus the players, you're not really leaving yourself with uh, a lot to work with. And no. furthermore, I'd say the 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 witchcraft on Danny's side, if you will, is that the players that he gets from the Knicks, he's going to go out and move those guys again. He's going to go out and say, "Okay, cool. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm if Grimes is in that deal, obviously he's going to keep Grimes, but if you get like not that I think it'll happen, but let's just say for example, sake they got Evan Fournier. You're going to move Evan Fournier. You know, you like so that's why I say it's not the conversation isn't, "Oh man, Danny Ainge is asking for some ridiculous price for Donovan Mitchell." It's not about Donovan Mitchell. It's about what the Jazz would be left with after Don is gone and wearing the Knicks threads in Madison Square Garden. That's the conversation. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, uh, much more on this trade coming up, but I want to tell you about our newest sponsor on the show. It's Wayman Brothers Construction. Um, you know, it, it it's really hard to find good contractors these days. And, and the thing that I always say about contractors is I've had good and I've had bad. Um, we had a contractor who did some work on our home before – um, we f- ran into Wayman Brothers Construction, um, and it was a disaster for us. We mm-hmm. hired Wayman Brothers Construction, and they have done superior work for us. I cannot tell you how easy it is to deal with Alma Wayman and the guys at Wayman Brothers Construction. Number one, they're a family business, which I value highly. It I absolutely mean, I, matters. Yeah, I think when you look at um, you know the the Wayman Brothers and their family, you know like. I just think that when you know who you're dealing with and when when you see these guys show up, they show up in force and they get to work. The other thing that I, I love about our experience and the job that Wayman Brothers Construction has done for us, they work hard. They actually show up and they get it done. They give you a timeline. They've never missed a deadline for us. Yeah. And by the way, the other thing that absolutely matters, their finished product is superior. They built a deck and a hot tub for us. Um, you know, we, we have a yard and we wanted to transform that yard. We had Wayman brothers construction, tear up our patio. They poured a, a huge concrete slab for us. They built a, a, a deck for us around that slab. 
and dropped a hot tub on that pad and it was perfect. And I can tell you they're working bathrooms, amazing. They're working kitchens, amazing. I would unequivocally, without hesitation, tell you that if you are looking for a contractor, call the guys at Wayman Brothers Construction. They're not going to be, be beat on finished product and they're not going to be beat on price. Yes. Give Wayman Brothers Construction a call. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. 801-654-1028. 801-654-1028. Welcome our newest sponsor to the show, Wayman Brothers Construction. And we say this all the time. We tell you guys this. that We don't have a lot of sponsors on this show. The sponsors we have really take care of us. The partners that we have on this show really take care of us. We need you guys to, to, to spend your money with those guys. So if you're looking at home improvement, if you're looking at construction products, if you're somebody that um, you know is talking about, well, I would redo my kitchen, but supply chain. Wayman Brothers Construction has the goods, man. So call yep. them. They could get the job done. And please tell them you heard about it on the Monte Show. That makes a big difference. Wayman Brothers Construction right here in the great state. Brother. Uh, brother in the great state of Utah. Talking about the breaking news this morning, and that is that the Utah Jazz have traded Patrick Beverly to the LA Lakers. Adrian Wojnowski at ESPN had it first, as usual. Um, Adrian reporting that this deal will be done on Thursday because there is a trade restriction attached to Patrick Beverly, uh, which we've talked about at length on this show. But the return is Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson for uh, Patrick Beverly. Again, um, Jake, I think we both really like this trade. It offers youth. It offers flexibility. Yeah. And the other thing that I think for the Jazz that it offers is athletic ability. The Jazz lacked athletic ability. Um, and I think that this deal certainly upgrades the athletic capability uh, on the perimeter for this team. So let's get some of your thoughts in here. We've talked a lot. Uh, let's hear what you guys have to say. Uh, one round left says, I, this is ridiculous. I think we got a steal in THT. Yeah. I agree. And by the way, it's nice that it doesn't put pressure on your cap. It puts pressure on David Fisdale to go out and develop some people, which is exactly what you brought him here to do. So I, I just think that that the the negativity train on it i frankly i have to, i have to be honest like i'm a little surprised that there are a lot of people who are negative on this i i i really am i thought that you know like when this came out and i woke up this morning at the crack of dawn like i really thought that people were going to be like really excited about this deal like hey yeah wow tht is as that comment just said hey we got a steal like i thought a lot of people would be saying that but i guess not yeah and i i again you know, I look at some of the comments I see here, like Alvin Jennings saying, you guys are killing me about THT. You both see the writing on the wall, straight up garbage and injury prone. They're tanking. I don't think they're tanking. And I think he's dealt with some injuries. I think he played 62 games last year. I mean, he, he's not a guy that misses 30, 40, 50 games a year. And I think with, with THT, He's had injuries. Yes, I think every player in this league in the last three He's years has 21 had injuries. years old, yeah, bro. I, I just don't know how. Chet Holmgren has been in the league for two minutes and he, is already hurt. He like, hasn't. Chet Holmgren hasn't even played like, an NBA game. Come on, dude. But I don't like Chet Holmgren's irrelevant. Talon Horton Tucker is 21 years old. He's a guy that you can develop. He's a guy that you can play. He's a guy who's only going to get better. I don't, and maybe if somebody wants to enlighten me, I know I don't know anything about the NBA that I've covered for 30 years. There's nothing about this trade that says they're tanking. Like, look at, like, nothing. I, I just want to read some of these numbers because I, I think they tell a really clear story. So, you know, 2019, you know, rookie year, whatever, doesn't he plays six games. He didn't really play in the league. 
Uh, 2020 was his first year in the league. He played 65 games, you know, 20 minutes a night, nine points, 45% from, from the field, 28% from three, as we've said, he needs to do some work on that, you know, but then, but what I think is telling is in 2020, he, he averaged two, two and a half rebounds a game, two and a half assists a game. I look at 2021 this past season, 60 games, so only five less games. It's not like he only played 40 games. So the injury thing to me is just not that big of a deal. 60 games played, 25 minutes a night, five more minutes a night because, hey, Anthony Davis was hurt. Hey, LeBron sat out some time, right, with the leg thing. Like, we're talking about injuries here. But what I notice is that he, he gained a full point on his points per night, 9.9 versus versus nine points in 2020. The other thing I noticed is his rebounds go up almost a full rebound a game, and his assists stayed the same. So you're so what that tells me is there's a commitment to rebounding. There's a commitment to being consistent offensively with your percentages and, and what you're looking at, and there's a commitment to playmake when you're in the game. So that's why I say I just you're you're think about it. 25 minutes a night. I want to put this into perspective for people. 25 minutes a night is what eight minutes a quarter. Like, yeah. and not even, no, that it's less than that. That's it, it would be like five and a half minutes a quarter. Like, it's not like he's playing 10, 12 minutes a quarter. Like, you have to put this stuff into he's perspective. He's not playing the majority of the, this, he's a, I, this is a ridiculous it's just not conversation. not rocket science, bro. This is a ridiculous conversation. Talon Horton Tucker is 21 years old with an incredible upside. To say that the guy is injury prone and garbage, you we're just going to disagree on that. I, I my guess is that you guys just haven't seen Talon Horton Tucker play. Yeah. I mean that's the only thing that yeah. I can guess. I, I This is a win for both teams. Like the inability, what's amazing to me in, in, in whether we're talking comments or how the local media has reacted, the inability to say, "Okay, this guy had limited opportunity in LA." Like, he did what he did, and he made some quality contributions. The inability to say, hey, what would Talon Horton Tucker be if he got 35 minutes a night? Well, his shooting percentage would probably go down a bit because he'd be taking more shots. But do the assists go up? Do the rebounds go up? Does his, like, I'm just telling you, the guy can contribute. And if you develop him, he will become a starter in the league. If he can go back to 30 30 you know 30 percent from three 33 percent from three yeah he he there i mean the, the upside is massive here uh alia and kel say tht is coming from working with lebron and has seen that work ethic in person i hope he brings that to utah i think that's a great point agree i think that's Completely. a great point marlon shaw gives us a five dollar tip appreciate you marlon put yourself in the shoes of the players coming in what went through their heads when they heard of this deal I think Talon Horton Tucker was probably excited. Yeah, I think Talon I, I mean, Horton Tucker said, hey, now I don't have to play with LeBron. Now I get to play on a team where I actually can get some opportunity here. I, I, I don't have to be in a situation where I need LeBron to go out and almost break his leg I think for me to get minutes. What Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson thought was, I'm going to get a lot of opportunity. I am finally going to get Talon Horton Tucker is finally going to get opportunity to be one of the best players on his team. And I think he probably has not had that since Iowa State. 
And I think that Talon Horton Tucker, if if I had to guess, Talon Horton Tucker's excited. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Patrick Beverly, I'm excited. Like this notion that it's not exciting to come to the Utah Jazz is is again, I just think not accurate. I, I can kind of understand where people come from when we say, hey, well, free agents like Kevin Durant, let's say if, if he was a free agent or like big time free agents won't necessarily sign <clears throat> with the Utah Jazz. Okay, have your slice of pie on that. I can get down with that. But to say that, that that guys that are young in the league like Town Horton Tucker and, and again even Stanley Johnson I feel like we're just skipping over Stanley here man like the guy can contribute these guys that are coming from a toxic situation in LA and coming to Utah to get good quality minutes as a basketball player you're excited about that I I just there, I just don't think there's any way around that uh, Pudge good morning to you NYCE uh, has a has a, a thought on your your guy Chet yeah dude Jazz need to give those picks up to get Chet. Right, right. Jake, Jake loves him some Chet Holmgren. Yeah, I like I like Chet's game, but I've said the whole time, even even when I was getting a bunch of crap about how Chet was a stick and he can't play in the league, like Chet. But can did play you in and the Chet league. go ring shopping? Yeah, no. like did you know, I mean? No. Have you Chet? I mean, what did what did? No, Chet, we haven't gone ring shopping. No, we're not having kids when, yet. And we haven't moved in together yet. When you guys were Facetiming last night, you know, like was did did Chet tell you how much his foot hurt? Like. You know, like what's the? <laughs> I mean, you and Chet are in love, right? I mean, nah, Chet's your guy. Nah. Okay, just checking. I thought Kevin Durant was your guy. Oh, Hayden, man. You know, um, Rugs eighty nine, New York says Lakers easily won that trade. You goobers. Okay. Coming from um, a Knicks fan, that makes a lot of sense. V Town boxing fan says Laker Nation. They're all over the place, aren't they? Uh, great trade for the Lakers. I mean, it, it is that there's. I don't think there was a winner. Uh, I think they both it's, won. It's, it, I mean, again, this is... See, again, this is the same logic we're getting. Oh, well, Talon Horton Tucker is young and he's garbage because he's hurt all the but time. Listen, but listen, like, relax. It, it's, it's, it, relax. It's, it's a different it's not, thing. It's not a, a, a... Guy, the bottom line is they both won. They both won. I understand why Knicks fans are frustrated. I would expect you to be frustrated. You haven't, you haven't made a significant move yet. I understand why you're frustrated. I understand why if you're a Laker fan, this is a this is a really exciting move for you. I understand why if you're a Jazz fan, this is a really exciting move for you. These are both of these teams are better today because of this trade. And that's very rare to say that. The Rudy Gobert trade made the Lakers better. There's no question about that. Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, doesn't significantly raise the championship prospects for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I I don't see it that way. I think the Jazz absolutely not. They didn't win that trade. They boloed. They destroyed. Like, they dominated. Danny Ainge dominated the Minnesota Timberwolves in that trade. And I just, I think I look at this trade, and I say to myself, the Lakers got the defensive guy they needed to make Anthony Davis a much better defensive player. I think it helps him, Anthony Davis, I think it helps him have less wear and tear defensively, which is always good. I think Patrick Beverly is a guy that stirs the pot and frustrates his competitors, which when you're a fringe, I don't even want to say championship contender, when you're a fringe playoff team like the Lakers are, you need that guy because that's going to win you some games. He's willing to break Devin Booker's nose and not be apologetic about it. And by the way, Patrick Beverly is chasing a ring hard. So... 
I think it's a win-win for both. I don't think there was a loser in that deal. Josh Lovren says the Lakers are building a team of dudes who all had a MySpace account. Well, they didn't get younger. They did not get younger. Uh, let's see. Mike Maple says, love the deal. Gobert for THT, Vanderbilt, Beasley, Johnson, and five picks. What's not to like? That's my point. What's not to like? You already won the Timberwolves trade. Now you've turned that into a 21-year-old player that has tremendous upside in Talon Horton Tucker, and you traded away a guy in Pat Bev who had very little upside for your team. So I, I don't know what, what the, the negative would be on that at all. Um, let's go with a couple more here. Uh, Rafael Hol, Rubio. Rafael Joel Rubio. Who the f- is that guy? All of a sudden, THT is 21, but Barrett isn't 22. What, how does THT's age impact R.J. Barrett's age at all? What does one have to do with the other? Cash Out James says Jazz lost that trade. So let, let, me, let me get this right. Let me get this right. The, the Jazz lost the Pat Bev trade. In what form or fashion did they lose? Patrick Beverly was not going to play minutes here. Patrick Beverly was not likely to contribute much here. So you moved Patrick Beverly to the Lakers where he's going to play a significant role. You got in return a guy who's going to play significant minutes for you, and I'm assuming he's going to be on the roster in Talon Horton Tucker, and you handicapped your situation with Jared Butler. So they lost the trade how? That's what, that's what I'd like to understand. I'd love to understand how that is at all a loss for for, for the Utah Jazz. Like, I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with. I don't understand that at all. Let's see. Christopher Shannon says, is Beverly still crying? Well, I mean, I thought, to your point the other day, Patrick Beverly complaining to Kevin Durant about holding up the NBA. It's Patrick Beverly. He runs his mouth. That's what the guy's job is. That's what he gets paid to do. But it only validated our reporting that we knew that they had a trade in place for Patrick Beverly. Yeah. I mean, you knew this was coming. You knew this would come was coming. NYC um, says, are basements common in Utah? Yeah, I think everybody here has a basement. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, we're, aren't we in your basement? Yeah. I mean, it's my basement and Town Horton Tucker sucks. I mean, it all kind of goes know. together, you know? You know. Teddy Wayman says, morning, guys. I'm glad Mitchell is still on the jazz. Well, you woke up this morning. He's still here, you know? Uh, Ruggs says, uh, Fournier, not easy to move. If Ainge gets him, he's stuck there. I don't know about that. I think I think Evan Fournier is a guy that could be a nice death player on a on a team that's contending. I think you're not going to trade him to Sacramento. You're not going to trade him to you know a bottom tier team. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City has very little interest in that guy, but a Lakers team, a you know, a team that needs shooting, Evan Fournier fits in well there. So I think he's got value. I think he's got more value than most people uh, would give him credit for. Uh, BTS Dance Studio says Danny got two lottery talent for nothing. I mean, he, he quite literally, Danny Ainge gave up nothing in Patrick Beverly. I mean, did he have value across the league? Yes, he did. Absolutely he did. But Patrick, did Patrick Beverly really have difference making talent like this trade in no way impacts the impacts the the next deal 
You know, like it's it's just yeah. so interesting to me. Uh, let's see, Rafael uh, Joel Rubio. All of a sudden, THT has tremendous upside, but Barrett can't average twenty five like Donovan Mitchell. Listen, dude. why do you keep connecting Talon Horton Tucker to R.J. Barrett? What does one guy have to do with the other? Like R.J. Barrett's a great player on his own. What does Talon Horton Tucker have to do with anything related to R.J. Barrett? What's one got to do with the other? I think the biggest thing you're missing with that comment is expectation. R.J. Barrett wants a max extension, and he averages 20 points a night. Yeah. Like, Talon Horton Tucker's a $10 million player, so if we're talking about comparing apples to apples and you want to try and stick it to us, like, let's make sure we're on the same page about expectations and what you need to pay R.J. Barrett. I'm not paying R.J. Barrett a max deal for 20 points a night. I'm not doing that. I'm not. It's just not happening. Jake, there's a discussion about basements on the show now. Mm -hmm. Now that we introduced our new sponsor, Wayman Brothers Construction. Right. And people are like, hey, do you guys do basements? Yes. Absolutely. absolutely they do, they do absolutely. basements. Adam Price says, I've seen like three houses my entire life that have a basement. See, I grew up in Chicago and I currently live in Salt Lake City. Right. But when we lived in Phoenix, no houses had basements. No. It depends where you live. I mean, it, it, Utah is full of basements. Absolutely. You, I think in the cold climates yeah. of this country, you got to have a basement. Yeah. I think one, especially in Utah, where you have so many families, you need the space. Um, I, I cannot, I cannot probably count physically. It's impossible to count the number of, of dry storage that are done in basements in Utah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, kids' rooms, bedrooms, master suites, like in our dude, old house in I, Sandy, we had our master suite in the basement. Bro, finishing a basement is light work for Wayman Brothers Construction. Like, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not yeah. even exaggerating. I mean, that 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 for them is. They could probably, I mean, if if it's planned right, you could probably finish the basement in two weeks, depending yeah. on what you want. Like, yeah. it's just it's just not hard. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Renee Roca says, I wish I had a basement. Northern Texas is a no-go. Yeah, you see what I mean, though? Like, in Texas, you wouldn't have a lot of basements. Like, but, that's just not but how But you know works. the nice thing about basements is they're always cool. Yeah. They're always yeah, cool. Yeah, when, when, when I first moved here and I had the thing that we're not allowed to talk about on the YouTube channel, uh, I slept down in the basement in the middle of winter, and it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. Nice and cold. Slept really well. Like, it was great. Oh, sorry. I was distracted by a text. My, I can't text and talk at the same time. Right. My bad. Uh, Braden McLean says, uh, man, this show is like my morning coffee. Keeps me going. Appreciate you both. Thanks, bud. Appreciate that. Uh, Rug says, uh, damage control. Danny, damage control podcast. I so, just don't. Like, you need to I, explain that. Like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean damage control? Uh, Arlen N. Israel says Lakers traded nothings, two nothings for something. Lakers won that deal. I mean, if you want to look at it that way, absolutely. I will tell you certainly the Lakers and the Jazz are in two different places. I mean, the Lakers want to win a championship right now today. Um, and they have the group of guys that can do it. I mean, they just have to stay healthy and perform. When you're 70 years old, it's tough to do that. I just don't want to hear that Talon Horton Tucker is a garbage player. Like you have, why no, are you so upset? Because it pisses me off. Like there's no basis for that. You're sitting here saying that, that Patrick Beverly is this great player, right? Like we're, we're sitting here making this comparison that, Hey, the, the Lakers won this deal because they got Patrick Beverly and Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson are nothings. Here's what we're not talking about though. The Lakers have an expectation every year. That they got to win a championship. It's championship or bust. So three years from now, when Town Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson are developed and they're contributing 
and they're doing great things in the league. And yeah, maybe they move, maybe they're moved on from the Jazz. Whatever the case may be, I, I, I'm not a future teller, right? But what I what I feel pretty good about saying is these guys are going to develop when you give them more minutes, when you yes. give them a better situation, yes. when you ask them to do more. They're going to step up to the plate and do more. So the inability to project forward and say, hey. Yeah, right now today, Patrick Beverly is 34 years old in a year-to-year player who can help you win a championship. Yeah, sure. If you want to say the Lakers won the deal, that's great. But I'm more on the side of, hey, Danny Ainge just got two assets that he can turn into quality contributors for absolutely nothing. He didn't pay anything to get Patrick Beverly. In fact, he cut a bunch of fat off of his cap situation and got Pat Bev in return and then turned that into two guys that he can develop. So if you guys want to sit here and say that the, the Lakers have won this trade going away, that's great. I, I, that's fine. That's your opinion. I don't have an issue with that. But let's not sit here and say that, that, that Talonhorn Tucker is some garbage player because he's not. I'm not saying he's some great player, but we can't just skip over the fact that this guy could turn into you know a 20, 25-point-a-night guy like pretty easily in developmental terms like you can do that that's a possibility so i just that's that's why it's annoying to me because we we just want to have a one side of view yeah and i i also think that and there was a there have been a, a bunch of comments uh about westbrook and pat bev mm-hmm. i mean I, which i think is one of the more enjoyable parts of this trade if i mean if if we're being honest. in what sense well westbrook and pat beverly hate each other Right. And yeah. Patrick Beverly didn't wasn't it last year that Patrick Beverly called him a, a trash can or something like that? Like they've gone at each other multiple times. But you see times. what I mean about Pat Bev? This like this is who he is. Yes, I, it, like it's that, lovely. That, this is why you want him on your team, but you hate him if he's on the other team. Like yes, it's again, it, it's a good. This is why it's a good deal for both sides. But I just get frustrated with it because it's like we just want to sit here and bag on these young players, and then. And then the R.J. Barrett comparison to me is just an absolute ridiculous comparison because of the expectations. You want to sit here and try and call us out for saying that R.J. Barrett is a young player and we don't want to pay him a max extension, and you want to somehow say that we're like, we have a double standard about Talon Horton Tucker. Talon Horton Tucker's not asking for like $35 million a year. He's asking for 10. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it's that just not I, a comparison. Yeah, I don't understand the, in the comments about R.J. Barrett and, and Talon Horton Tucker. I don't. I I, th- I look at... And maybe I, I probably overvalue R.J. Barrett, but I think he's a guy that, um, you know, he's 22 years old. He's a guy that's, you know, 20 points a night. But I, I, I don't think he's worth the Donovan Mitchell-type extension. He's not an alpha male. He's soft. He's a guy that can be had at the rim. I just don't RJ Barrett's never going to be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. That means nothing about Talon Horton Tucker. That means it, nothing about Donovan Mitchell. Unless they're traded for each other, then we can contrast them. And that but, doesn't mean that RJ sucks. No. I just want to jump in and say that. It we're not saying that RJ Barrett sucks, but 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 when we talk about money for player and talent, like you have to be objective about that. You have to say, okay. R.J. Barrett is this great young player who has a lot of valued organizations, but is he worth max money on a ch- on a championship caliber team? Because if you're a Knicks fan, isn't that all that matters right now? Isn't that the whole point of this Donovan Mitchell situation, if you will? Hey, we're going to trade this guy and get Don back to do what? Well, to go and win a championship. So if you don't do the Donovan Mitchell deal, the conversation then shifts back to R.J. Barrett and the Max. 
if you pay R.J. Barrett a max extension, what? How does that affect your ability to go out and get other players? Well, and that's the that's the biggest thing. And I think with R.J., I I I just am not willing to pay him that kind of money. I mean, I'm not willing to pay him. He's not a thirty million dollar player to me. Yeah, and I understand thirty yeah. million dollar players grow on trees in this league. I get that. But I'm telling you now, R.J. Barrett's not a $30 million player. He's never going to be a, a number one. He's never going to be the best player on a championship team, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and I, maybe we're wrong. And, maybe and we're wrong. You the know, other thing know. is he's left-handed. Yeah. And I, that that causes it, its own set of circumstances. So, look, he's a good player. There's no doubt about that. We have not seen the upside or the best of R.J. Barrett at this point in his career. I don't think we've seen nearly the best of R.J. Barrett. Can he be a 30-point guy? I don't think so. But there's a lot of money being paid to guys who average less than R.J. Barrett does. Yes. That doesn't mean I'm paying him $30 million a year. That just I, I just am not. Uh, Rafael Joel Rubio pays us a $5 tip. Thank you, sir. He says, seriously love the Donovan Mitchell perspective. Appreciate that. Uh, Cash Out James says he just said RJ is soft. I think he is. He is soft. I, I think like, RJ that's is. That's one of the most agreeable points on RJ Barrett. Like, I, like we're not the only ones who say this. Yeah. Like, I think most people in the league have this viewpoint of, hey, RJ is definitely a softer player. He can contribute, though. He is like, there's no doubt about it. RJ Barrett is a starting five player in this league. I just don't think that RJ Barrett is the guy where you're like, hey. If we sign R.J. Barrett, we're definitely going to playoffs every single year. Like that's you, not you who don't he is. look at R.J. Barrett and say he's got the physical, the mental, and he's clearly got the ability. You don't look at that guy and say that. Yeah, he's not. If he were that guy, if he were a, an alpha and number one, he would not even be in this conversation. Yeah, he would not. the The New York Knicks would not be out looking for a superstar if R.J. Barrett was a stud. He the the Knicks would not be out talking about trading him for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, the Knicks would not be trying to go in and, and find an alpha male a number one. And I, I is Donovan Mitchell that? I don't know. We're gonna find out pretty quick, I think. But R.J. Barrett certainly is not that. Yeah. So you you can be upset that our opinions are different, but all we're doing here is exchanging opinions, and I I just don't I don't see. R.J. Barrett is a guy I want to pay a max extension to. Yeah. I mean, that it is as simple as that. Uh, Almighty uh, Finesse says, Jazz fans don't know none about basketball. Okay. Okay. That's well, cool. I, we're not Jazz fans if that's what the inference is, by the way. By the way. We're Ar not from Utah. Arel and Israel says that we're being microaggressions now. We're doing microaggressions now. I don't What does that even mean? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't Silver know Surfer means, says, R.J. clearly ain't soft. He's a bully. I... He's a bully. It's not the physicality that necessarily defines being soft. I, I don't have any doubt that he can bang. I'm not talking about that necessarily. He can be had at the rim. And mentally, he's not a killer. R.J. Yeah. Barrett's not a guy that you're going to build your team around. He He's not a guy that you can say unequivocally, he, he's, not, he's not LeBron. LeBron James wants the last shot. He's physically intimidating like... He's not that guy. He's not like he's not even a like everybody mocks. Devin Booker's a really good example of this because I, I I think they are stylistically. I think R.J. Barrett would love to be a Devin Booker. Devin Booker is physically capable. Devin Booker wants the last shot, and Devin Booker doesn't care that you talk about him and Benny the Bull and moving the mascot or hey we don't double team in the summer. Like he just doesn't care. 
All, all Devin Booker does is score the basketball at all three levels, at the basket, in the mid-range, and from three. And R.J. Barrett, until he gets there, I'm going to tell you that R.J. Barrett's not a $30 million player. I'm going to tell you, R.J. Barrett can be had physically at the rim. R.J. Yeah. RJ Barrett is a guy that is not a number one. And the thing that I find so amazing um, is that, <laughs> like, you can't make this up. No, no, no I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I've got two friends who are listening to the show now texting me about R.J. Barrett. Saying? Well, I'm Duke, Duke, Duke. What's Duke got to do with R.J. Barrett, dick? Like nothing. He plays for the Knicks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, come on, bro. But see, this is what I love about sports. We can have this we've argument. We've been waiting for this conversation for, I mean, how long? I mean, we've got, what? Uh, oh, here's the here's the Chet oh, Holmgren update. Chet Holmgren out for Liz the Frank. year. Oh, wow. Breaking news out of the NBA. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski says, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder seven-footer Chet Holmgren misses the 22-23 season with a Liz Frank injury to his right foot. Holmgren, the number two pick in the draft, suffered the injury in a pro-am game in Seattle Saturday. What happened, and if you, if you didn't see it, um, what happened is he was backpedaling, and maybe you can find that video really quick. He was backpedaling, uh, RJ, or excuse me, Chet Holmgren was backpedaling to defend, um, LeBron James at this, at the, the Jamal Crawford pro-am that was eventually canceled because there was precipitation on the floor, but he was backpedaling and just took a wrong step. He wasn't even like a leverage thing. He just took a wrong step, but Chet Holmgren did, and broke his foot. This is what happens. Wow. What do you mean this is what this happens? This is what happens when you're not, like, I think you have to be, you know, stronger. He's got to lift weights. He's got to, like, you have to physically Im improve your body. And it's really tough because when you're his age, and, and any guy, we see this all the time. We've seen this with Book. We saw this with Don. We've seen this with a, a, a number of players, you know, where like Lonzo Ball is a great example of this, where you come into the league and you're just not physically ready because you've all you've been doing is playing basketball. You're not lifting. You're not really doing anything else because you're just playing basketball. Like, that's what you do at that age. And so you come into the league, then you're at a pro-am, and LeBron James is whatever LeBron is, probably, what, 250 maybe? Is that – I think yeah. that's probably fair. You know, like 240, 250 at this stage in his career, like – you're coming downhill and LeBron moves you. And so you land on your foot the wrong way. And now you've got to lose Frank. Like, I, yeah, what, what do you do? Like, that's just what happens. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is shocking. So again, breaking news, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, uh, the guru of NBA breaking news, uh, number two overall pick, uh, and OKC center Chet Holmgren out for the year with a broken foot. It's a Liz Frank injury, which is the bone right in the middle of your foot, and it is a big, big, big injury. You do not easily recover from this. You'll remember your guy, Kevin Durant, Yes, also had a Liz Frank injury. Um, these are big, big injuries. And by the way, Chad Holmgren is a kid. He's a seven-footer. He's a big boy. He weighs 36 pounds total, and that's only, that's only if I put Gatorade buckets in his yeah, pocket. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. This is a guy that is a slight build. This is a huge, huge story. Huge story. Uh, Arel <laughs> N. Israel says seven foot three and 136 pounds. 
Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, Pudge NYC says the Slim Towers. Yeah, this is too bad. You never like to see... Um, you never like to see this. You never like to see this. I, I just, yeah, Eric and Raleigh, seven, three, seven, one and 185 pounds has, he was never going to make it in the NBA. Well, it's not over. Yeah. I don't think his it's not over. over. I mean, we've seen guys, Blake Griffin comes to mind immediately. Hey, Michael Jordan comes to mind, broke his foot early in his career. Blake Griffin hurt his knee in his rookie season, missed the year. I mean, you, you can recover from this. The biggest problem is he's a kid. And he's not going to play basketball for a good six to eight months now. Yeah. This is a big deal. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Chet Holmgren is out for the year with a Liz Frank injury. Unbelievable. Uh, Rafael Joel Rubio says they're doing too much in the AM leagues and the pro-ams. I don't yeah. disagree with that. I mean, And that's my point. Like, you just run miles and miles and miles. And then it's like, oh, well, we're kind of surprised when... Things like this happen, you know, where like he breaks his foot and and, it, and it's just one of these situations where you you can't you can't plan for, hey, LeBron's running down my throat at a pro-am and I got to try and figure out how I'm going to how I'm going to defend this. And, and, it, and, it, and it sucks because I am a Chet fan. I do like the guy's game. I've said from day one, even before the draft, that he needs to strengthen his body like you can see that the guy is just not where he needs to be physically to compete in the league. And I think that Chet is in this situation where you have to improve your body. You have to improve your body. You have to get stronger. Like these things have these things need to take place. So we'll see we'll see what he's able to do. But I I I, I would expect Chet as part of this recovery to to strengthen his his body like i would expect him to strengthen the upper half i would expect him to lift weights i would expect him to do all of that in an effort to improve his body absolutely yeah, and by the way um funny Woj just tweeted holmgren joins a list of hive draft picks who lost their rookie seasons to injury including joel Embiid, ben simmons and blake griffin yeah i mean it's becoming a norm in the in the you know in the league like that's what guys do now you know they they come into the league yes and they and and it's not like it's intentional it's not like it's a choice no but you come into the league and it's a grown-ass man league and you get your ass beat your first season like i know that sounds kind of harsh but that's kind of what it is like that's just literally like like lonzo tears his meniscus like you have all these guys that like just they just sustain injury. All right, let me see if we can get this video. I I know this is this was shot on a phone, so it is it is straight up and down. But here's the injury as it occurred. This is at the Seattle Pro Am this past Saturday. You're gonna see LeBron James bringing the ball up, but watch Chet Holmgren backpedaling, and then watch the way he pulls up at the end of this video. Ooh, yeah, you see him hopping along there. And I'm going to play it again. And, and what I want you to see is that he goes up. He doesn't really go up. He just pivots to defend LeBron in the paint. Um, and you see, and I'm going to hide that graphic so that you can see the whole video. But you can see, again, watch what happens in the paint. You're going to see LeBron cruising down the floor and Chet positioning himself. And immediately you can see that wrong step in the paint.
Oh, man, you just hate to see a kid of that age, you know, like like going up against. And I don't mean to to slight Chet at all, but I mean, that's men amongst boys there. I mean, you're looking at a situation where he's trying to defend LeBron James off balance, out of position, backpedaling, pivoting. And then he takes that wrong step in the lane and breaks his foot. Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN reporting. Number two overall pick, OKC center Chet Holmgren out for the year with a Liz Frank injury. Would you let your guys play pro-ams? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I probably would. But I, I, you know that there's an inherent risk. There is. I mean, there's always a risk. And I think you get to a point in NBA culture and really just basketball culture where you have to let these guys play. This is what they do. It's their, it's their whole life. I mean, they have in their contracts that they can't go and do, you know, like, wild things like skydiving or you know skiing or things where they could easily sustain injury but this is basketball i mean this is this is this guy's life like you're not going to tell chet holmgren not to play basketball yeah i think it's it's very interesting it's very interesting what this does for okc because i think they were hoping to be a much better team i think they were hoping that chet would sell tickets for them and jerseys for them and yeah this is a tough loss, but I'd absolutely let my guys play pro-am. I'd have to, you want your guys in the black ops runs. Yeah. You want your guys in the in the Drew League. You want your guys at Rucker. You want your guys playing in these in these tournaments, in these runs, because it makes them better. Yeah. Chad Holmgren's not developing playing in at LA Fitness. <laughs> Like he's the, you're not. You got well, his play injury against, risk is probably higher at an LA Fitness. Let's be honest about it. And this is this feels like a freak injury. This feels like an oddity. You, you I mean, the the biggest names in the NBA are playing in these pro leagues. Yeah. I mean, you you look at Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Plays in a team. He was in the he was in the Miami Pro. I mean, he's at the Black Ops. Yeah, run. He was at Rucker. Like, yeah. You yeah. look at LeBron. I I don't know. And 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 I've covered the Lakers for a long time. I don't ever remember a Laker, Kobe certainly not, I don't ever remember a Laker playing in this many pro-ams or black ops runs. Like, LeBron's been at the black ops runs multiple times. He's been in several pro-ams. Like, it's crazy how much basketball, and and let's not forget, LeBron James is 64 years old now. Like, I mean, this is not a young man. This is a guy playing, yeah, this is a guy playing a lot of basketball. A lot of basketball, and this is really, you know, the unfortunate part here is it's really just... Well, I think LeBron's on a mission. I mean, I I think LeBron is is trying to prove a point, you know, that, that, hey, I'm not done. I I, I still feel great. My body's in a great place. I can still do everything that I've been able to do. And, and, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think LeBron... You know, I'm not a LeBron guy, but I have to say, like, if LeBron wants to play, he's gonna play, and LeBron knows the risks. And I think that, um, you know... It, it just is what it is, man. That's what these guys do. Wow, look at Adler Harris giving us a $50 tip this morning. Thank you, Adler. Appreciate that. Thank you. Three questions. Do you guys have a sponsor? We have multiple sponsors on this show. Yeah. Uh, we just introduced our newest sponsor today, Wayman Brothers Construction here in, in Salt Lake City. Yep. Wayman Brothers Construction. Make sure you check them out. I believe it's waymanbrosconstruction.com. Uh, make sure you check them out. And again, um, you know, we need you guys to support uh, our sponsors. So... We would really appreciate if I could find the graphic. Uh, if you guys would, you know, call our, you know, call our guys. If you need a basement, if you need a, if you need a, a kitchen or a bathroom, hook it up. Wayman Brothers Construction, 801-654-1028. 
801-654-1028. So yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, we have sponsors, uh, on the show. Our, our good friend, Devery Davis, uh, at Academy Mortgage, um, is also a, a really big, um, supporter of this show. And we talk about real estate all the time. And I, I can't tell you enough about Devery Davis and the way he supported us. He was our very first sponsor when we launched this show full time. Yep. Um, Devery Davis was the first one to scratch us a check and say, Hey man, I believe in you guys. I want to be part of what you're doing. Um, you know, like you, you, you can, you can absolutely, um, bank on the fact that, you know, a guy like Devery Davis is going to take care of you, um, because he advertises on our show and, and we do, um, Adler, frankly, we do limit, um, those that we do business with. You don't see us, you know, we've, Guys like Devery have written mortgages for us. He's done three of my mortgages. Yeah. Um, Wayman Brothers Construction, I've had them in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, they are currently working on a project for us that is as important as any project we've ever done. Um, you know, guys like Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop, uh, bbqpitstop.com. A guy like Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop um, is somebody that I've been doing business with since 2013, mm-hmm. 2014. I mean, these are all relationship based businesses that we do. Um, that we try to work with. And they're all businesses that can benefit our listener. Um, we very much believe in helping our listener because without you guys, you know, you really are the ones that support this show. I mean, we can't do what we do. Uh, so he said three questions. Do you guys have sponsors? Would you be willing to consider having a sponsor? Do you think the Jazz will be a championship team again in the near future? I think you guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. I think within five years, the Jazz will be playing for a championship. Yeah. I think they're I think within three years they're back at the top of the Western Conference. I think this year is going to be their down year. I think a year from now they're we're having a completely different conversation about what the Jazz are doing in the offseason. Yes. So I think that that is certainly um yeah, I think that's certainly coming. There's there's no doubt about that. Um let's see. Pudge NYC says Jazz need to trade for Chet now. Mm-hmm. BTS Stand Studio says no amateur leagues. I think you gotta let them play. I just think that, like, I I understand. I can totally hear where you're coming from on on no. And, and by the way, we need to we need to say like I know it's called a pro am, like pro amateur, right? Like that's like the literal name of it. But you have to understand the culture behind these events. Like it's not as though Chet's out here playing against nobodies. I mean, this is LeBron not out like Chet's about. playing against Larry the plumber. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's Larry not, fell across his legs. Yeah, like it's not. That's not what we're talking about. And so I, I, I and and I think the other trouble is it's basketball. You're not going to tell an NBA player he can't play basketball. That's just not how it works. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, let's see. Josh Lovren says crossover, which is the pro am yeah. that they were Jamal Crawford. It's his pro-am in Seattle. Uh, crossover has one of the NBA one-off NBA players show up for a game, and there is zero D in these pro-ams. Yeah, there's never. I mean, they're they're not out here trying to get better on defense. These guys are out here. If you look at Donovan Mitchell, is a great example. If you look at Donovan Mitchell, he's been working on his mid-range game. Everything he's been doing has been deep threes and turnaround fadeaways, elbow jumpers, picking you know picking pops like. They're here to work on certain things. And by the way, as far as the injury thing is concerned, all these guys have that mutual respect like, hey, we're not trying to hurt each other. We're not trying to do anything crazy out here. And and if and I would encourage you guys, I know we have the video, but it's like vertical. Um, you know, I would if you watch the video again, you can see that LeBron isn't even going full speed here. No. I mean, this is He is li- and let's play it again. Yeah. He's literally trotting down 
Well, it's just so hard to watch Chet stop and like bend over and grab his foot. Like, did you see LeBron did like a three, like a throw? Yeah, over he just kind of threw it up. I like, mean, yeah. These these proams are certainly not. Or not serious. Couple more because then we got to move on. Pudge says praise up, prayers up for Chet. Absolutely. BTS says it's all good. Uh, Strange Cloud says video is sideways. Well, because that's a cell phone video. Yeah. Because that's what's available. So that's why the video is is in yeah. that is in that light. Uh, brutal news. Wow. Um, yeah. Video is. Um, Tom Basilis says video. Well, yeah. We said it's that, not though, like there's a high TV production available on that. If you're just tuning in, that's. What we said is, hey, this is a cell phone video. That's why it's up and down. Yeah. So it's not that the video is is sideways. It's a guy on his phone holding it like this. But when you put that on Twitter, it doesn't turn like that. It's landscape because it reads it as a mobile phone video. So I'm sorry it's not the highest thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, BTS says uh, Embiid had the same injury. Yeah. And JJ said it's not like OKC management doesn't want to tank next season anyways. I think they're done tanking. I mean, Chet Holmgren was a really important win for them. And now you're going to delay it a year. So, you mean, you break your foot. And this is a Liz Frank injury. This is a broken foot. Mm -hmm. It's not, he'll be back. He'll play in the league. But it's just disappointing that it's going to take him, it's going to take him a long time to get there. It's going to take him a long time to get there. Uh, JJ says, blame RJ Barrett. Well, if RJ wasn't soft, Chet wouldn't have broken his foot. Yeah, obviously. There, I blame (coughs) RJ Barrett. Uh, yo, Jimbo, yo, Jimbo, <laughs> why won't you address the fact that TFT looks 30 pounds overweight and shares the same silhouette as you? TFT? Are you saying I look 30 pounds overweight? What? That's hurtful. I like, listen, man, it's a glandular thing with me. Like I, anyway, he, uh, do you mean THT? Yeah. First of all, maybe like me, he's big boned. Yeah, and by the way, when we're talking about Hello. typing, you know, maybe you should check your finger size. Yeah, your fat sausage fingers yeah. on the keyboard might wanna, and stuff. Might want to check that, okay? Hey, Jimbo, you simple. fat fingered. No, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't. And then he corrected it and put the same thing. Like, Talon Horton is Talon Horton Tucker overweight? I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to see. It's, just, it's make just, or break listen, for just, THC, just, man. It's fine. It's fine. There's a whole sect of, of basketball fans that are on the. Hate, you know, drink the haterade on THT. I get it, man. We get it. Like, it's fine. King Ant G says, Monty doesn't think anyone is tanking. No, that's not true. OKC tanked, and they got their guy, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. Anyway, Tom Basilius says, is Zion ever going to play again or just become 600 pounds? Wait, did you just call me 600 pounds? I'm kidding. Um, Zion is Zion looks in amazing shape. I got and we've joked about Zion being a fat ass. I mean, fat having glandular first team all fat ass. Okay, I believe that's what we. The, that's what Zion is. Uh, you what know, you bitch. Um, I think he was fat. There's no doubt. I think he had knee issues. There's no doubt. He missed an entire season because of it. He's in pretty damn good shape. Do you even lift? He, Zion Williamson. What do we always say? Guys on prove it years. Zion Williamson is in a prove it year. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, San Diego Aztecs 21 says Devin Booker mentality, Monty. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is a god. Uh, Almighty Finesse says they're clowns just saying anything. You know, that's us. You know. Yeah, us. you know. Rug says THT looks like Bobby Brown. Okay. <laughs> that could be. Rest in peace, Whitney. Uh, Antonio Ruiz says Zion was looking like a left tackle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fat. 
No, I can, you know. Anyway, H Money 821 says, OKC tanking for Wimbanyama, you move. Just call him VW, please. You know. Uh, let's see, a couple more. Gene Stream Gamer says, where are those Where are those hate comments coming? Man, no to body shaming. Well, except RJ. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my man. My guy. Um, H Money 821 says, Ainge is tanking as well. He's trading Spider. Well, when he does that, maybe we can say that. Uh, one round left says, what makes a person a clown these days? Seems like people can call someone a clown for no reason these days. Yeah, well, that's what, see, that's, that's what happens on YouTube though. That's what you have to understand. So you'll get people like H money who want to come in here and say, oh, well, they're just saying anything or they're clowns. Great. The funny thing is you're still here watching and you've been here the whole show. So I guess you enjoy you circus know. content, right? Like that's why I say it's just not, it's just not a bothering thing. It's not. Like, we have 442 people here right now, I think. We appreciate all of you, man. Be yeah. here. You can all have your opinions. We don't yeah, block anybody like, except, you know. unless you're a bot. And then, yeah, or unless you're soft like R.J. Barrett. You know, then, you know, you're, you know. You're soft like yeah. R.J. Barrett, yeah. who's a god and is the best player ever. Right. Uh, real quick on college football because yeah. uh, I know NBA has taken the show over, but I want to talk about this because I think it's hugely important. Um, the Big Ten and the SEC. Is that what college football's becoming? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but it certainly seems plausible. And Brett McMurphy had a story yesterday that talked about whether or not college football is become, going to become the sport of two major conferences. And you know what? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but isn't it that already? Does the ACC matter? Does the Pac-12 matter? Does the Big 12 really matter? I would probably say no, they don't. This is the Big Ten and the SEC. The national championship doesn't run through the Big 12. It certainly doesn't run through the Pac-12. It runs through the Big Ten and the SEC. And that's very difficult for a lot of football fans to get over. But in history, I think the big get bigger. The rich get richer. If the, if the Big Ten ends up at 20 teams, what do you think the SEC is going to do? Mm-hmm. The SEC is going to end up at 20 teams. And I think you're going to see that the rest of college football is going to be left to, to wither and die. And that's why I say with the Big 12, like right now the Big 12 is in the catbird seat. They don't have to do anything. The Big 12 is just chilling, waiting for the death of, you know, essentially the worst conference in the history of college sports, the Pac-12. But Jake, I guess my question is, Right now, today, would you describe college football as a healthy entity? Yeah, I don't know that it's healthy. I, I think that it's, from a viewership standpoint, you're getting plenty of matchups that intrigue you, so college football is making a lot of money. But but I think, you know, healthy is, is uh, an interesting word to use to describe college football because I can make the case that it's rather unhealthy where you have a, a top-heavy football landscape where you've just got two conferences that are juggernauts, and basically those two conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC play for the college football playoff championship every single year. And to your point, like, you know, if Clemson's not good, the ACC doesn't matter. And, All, and You mean the ACC, which stands for already crowned Clemson? Exactly. And so when we use the word healthy, I just struggle to use that word to describe college football because because and this was the case even before this whole Pac-12, you know, thing has happened. Like thing, you know, like however you want to describe that, the dissolving of the Pac-12 if you will. Like I just don't think that the the college football playoff in its current situation um alludes to anything else than the SEC and the Big 10 
punching each other in the face until one of those teams wins. And oftentimes, it's Alabama and Georgia playing for the college football playoff. And you get the one-off year where Clemson is relevant. And that's my point about this whole situation. I agree with you. I think it's already a two-conference thing when it really comes down to it. And I think we're just going to trend farther and farther and farther down that road and uh, until conferences like the ACC, you know, are... I don't know how that would work exactly because the ACC and the Big 12 are powerhouses in basketball. And obviously the Big 10's got a good stuff in basketball too. But I just think from a football perspective, this is a two-conference thing. And, and fortunately enough, as fans and as media people and as people who cover the game, we're going to get premier matchups more often now, which I love. But when we use the word healthy, I just don't know that college football is healthy at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't think it's healthy. I think college football right now is incredibly dysfunctional. And I think you only have to look at San Diego State to, to, to understand that. I mean, San Diego State, I think, is an incredibly valuable property. And there are, there are people in the Big 12 who do not want San Diego State to join their conference. Right. And I, that is mind-blowing to me. You have a program at San Diego State that's built a beautiful facility. You have a, a, a albeit small but passionate fan base. Snapdragon. And, yeah, and it brings you the Southern California market. And I think when you when you recognize what it is that, that Southern California has to offer, that's a hugely valuable property. Thanks. Yet the big, people in the Big 12 are saying that, that they don't want that. And, and I think one of the things that, that stands out to me so so largely is that a lot of times and we talk about we just talked about this with Nick fans you can't be unobjective you you cannot go into this with a bias you have to be objective yeah you have to be objective yeah no, like, that's not gonna happen. and whether you're talking about RJ Barrett or San Diego State to the Big 12 you can't realistically say that San Diego State offers nothing to the Big 12. You cannot realistically say that the Big 12 is fine on its own. Ten-gallon hats and cowboy boots covered in horse manure. Still water. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't live your life that this way. This is inaccurate. Well, you can't live your life that way and think that there are going to be no repercussions for that. Yeah. And I think when you look at what's going on in the Big 12 right now, I totally agree. They don't have to do anything here now today. But before you really get deep into 2022 and you are November, December, you better have announced agreements Yeah. because I can tell you right now, it is not a matter of if it is a matter of when Oregon leaves the, the PAC 12 to go to the big 10 mm -hmm. and who they're taking with them. And I think the big 12 is very smart right now because if the big 12 goes to Washington and says, Hey, come join the big 12, they're going to say no, because well, we're probably going to the big 10. Mm-hmm. And it makes you look small. So if you're the Big 12, I think you're absolutely right to be sitting here and waiting. And when Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford join the Big 10, that's when you absolutely tuck your balls between your thighs and you start running if you're George Klyovkov, who said, oh, this is the greatest conference ever. Or if you're that fraud Dave Hickey in Tucson who said, oh, the greatest conference in history in badminton championships. And we're proud to be here. Congratulations. Congratulations on that badminton championship. How many flights did that pay Congratulations, for? Congratulations, but that's bullshit. How many flights did that pay for? None. Zero. Nobody cares. With all due respect to, to Olympic sports, and I think they're important, nobody cares about 
water polo. That's what, pretty much self-explanatory. Jake's like, oh, but they won the javelin championship. <laughs> hey, that's awesome, bro. That's really cool. Bro, that's not what I said. I said, I said. You said UCLA's bro, got said, value because they won the javelin championship I said, at the 1937, <laughs> you know, community cup. Is this the dagger? No, it's not. No, it's not. What I said was, is Dave, do we still have that clip? Can you see if we still have that clip? Because I kind of want to play it. Dave Hickey, Dave Hickey, the AD at Arizona, is like, yeah, we're we're really proud to be in the Conference of Champions. We are amazing. And this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I'm very proud of the position that the University of Arizona is in. We are strong. We're solid. Um, this institution will be in the right place. Um, I'm also very confident in the Pac-12. Uh, with its current membership of 10 now. But again, we still have two years before those two other institutions leave. But uh, we've got to be planning and orchestrating and be ready to pivot and do the right things. But I'm very confident in how the Pac-12 looks and how this conference looks going forward. We're an anchor in the West. We're one of the greatest conferences that there's ever been. We have so much tradition and history here connected to the Rose Bowl. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And we're proud as Arizona to be part of that. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. Get the hell out of here, bro. Again, dude, I get understand out of here, dude. Come that on. you are smoking peyote through a bong. Like, I totally understand <laughs> that, Dave. And I understand that, you know, when they get that stuff growing on trees with that uh, hippie <coughs> lettuce and stuff, Dave, I understand you can't lay off it. And I understand that you oftentimes will absolutely put meth on your, your engine block and let that stuff permeate the inside cab of your truck. We're only here for one reason. Yeah, I've probably gone too far. Yeah, that's probably point. a little far, but it's fine. But anyways, I understand that you take sabbaticals into the middle of the Tucson desert. Cocaine and is a hell of a drug. You hallucinate, but you should probably stop hallucinating before you say things like, we're proud to be here and the Pac-12 and history and... Until one of us passes the fuck out. Dave? I got news for you, Heekinator. Heekinator? <laughs> uh, I got news for you, kid. The Pac-12's dead. And let's be real honest. Was the Pac-12 ever alive? How the fuck else would you do this job? Be honest with yourself. Oh, wow. Back when we were the Pac-1, um, and we were, you know, we were actually, uh, we won, um, we're the Conference of Champions, so we won the first ever coyote shooting competition. I have dingers. That counts, right? No. Dave, it doesn't. Nobody cares yeah. about the Pac-12. Nobody cared about the Pac-8. Nobody watches, wow, Arizona football. Nobody cares. No. The Big 12, to me, needs Arizona only for the territory. They don't, Arizona basketball, maybe we can have that discussion. But again, and I hate inflating your ego. Right. But to your point that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you were correct that Can you they, measure it? you know, maybe you were correct that they tried and they could build a program, a player's program. But let's be honest about a couple of things. The Big 12 is in a far better place than the Pac-12. You know, if you add Arizona to the Big 12, it is simply for basketball purposes only because you are going to get run through. I'm just going to say like a hot knife through butter. Some shit happened. Because this is a family show. Right, um, right. You're going to get run through just like you always do in football. Yeah. 
and your fans are not going to show up for football because they never show up. What are you showing up for? My point is Arizona and everybody else in the Pac-12 is looking for is looking for a ripcord. Let's stop making up the, the these this hyperbole about the conference of champions. I don't care if Bill Walton has a job in a year because the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Trust me, that peyote sniffing freak will find somewhere to broadcast Brad a game. Ice, boom, boom, pow. Anyway. Damn. All right. So it is 8.30 in the Mountain Time Zone. Right. 10.30 right. in the East. Right. Donovan Mitchell is still a Utah Jazz man. Are you sure? Because today is National Burger Day. Yes. And these are conversations that we, we've got to have. We have to have them. Um, you know, so for me, you, you know. Bro, what are you doing right now? Not winning a draw on a Another pair of shoes. Another draw you're trying to win right now, bro. Another draw I'm trying to lose right now. Nike, why are you doing this to me? So I collect shoes. And there is the black and yellow Nike um, Air Jordan 1 mid. Mm-hmm. That is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to win this MFR. And no, they won't they won't let me win it. They're they're out to get me Nick. You won fans. yesterday. Yeah, barely. But you won, did you not? No. I did. Um, but I really wanted this Air Jordan one yellow. Um, it's flipping phenomenal. And I don't wait son of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. Whatever, I'll put my Nike app away. It is National Hamburger Day. Right. Put down the Nike app. This is a tasty burger. It is National Hamburger Day. Right. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Fast food hamburgers. First of all, is five guys a fast food hamburger? It is fast food, but I just don't think my opinion's always been that it should not be compared to drive through places. It should not be compared to Wendy's or In-N-Out or whatever. Like, they're not a drive through company. That's not how they do business. They are a walk-in, fast, casual, sit-down-and-enjoy-your-food type place. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they are technically fast food, but the drive through portion, you just can't. There's no comparison. Okay. And Mrs. Monty? So... Wow, nailed it. Look at that camera. Nailed it, bro. Nailed it. I feel like it needs to go. Okay. Hi. Hi. Who's got the best fast food burger? Fast food burger? This I, is not I rocket science. I actually think that JCW's has a really good wow. burger. Wow. Look at you. I'm sorry, but when you go there and you can get like that pineapple teriyaki burger. Yes. Damn. Uh, they have options for meatless patties. So fast food wise, I'm going to say okay, that- okay, wait, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's National Burger Day. <laughs> I don't want to hear about, well, you know. It's true. If we go to the habit, they'll make you a seaweed and dog shit burger that you <laughs> um, mix it together um, and, and it's got incredible, it's got like these incredible healing processes that happen through science um, inside of your rectum. Bro, this is some Dave Heakey stuff right like, here. I'm just you, I mean, you take that burger and it's inside the rectum. You've we lost your that? mind. 
I don't know how Jake keeps holding on to freaking five guys, but oh my god, the problem dude. I have with five guys, yeah, sure, I guess <sighs> consistency is nice. They have like a couple of options, and that's it. And have a good day, but it's they bomb. don't have a drive-through, and they are fast food. Uh, they are not a sit-down restaurant. Like, yeah, you can sit in there, but you can sit in a Jack in the Box too. Only no. thing is that Five Guys hasn't actually done a, a drive-through. Dude, Five Guys is better quality, though. At least uh, can I don't we agree know, on that. Better quality, no, yeah, man. better quality. Five Guys is the best burger in fast food, and you don't have to. Wow, seaweed, and if you throw in a little kelp, um, stop. It, it's not. It's. It, I hold to my conviction. It's red meat burger. We're Americans. I'm Zion I Williamson. It. I want a double. First team all fat ass. Fat. <laughs> Some people like turkey burgers too. What are the comments saying? God. No, oh, that's not going to help is, you. This is Monty praying to God. God, if you can hear me. On BYU Radio. Please remove the death of veganism from her mind. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, she'll never. <laughs> All I'm asking for is a simple conversation. I want it. Dead cows on high-carb bread with yeast. Thank you. It's <laughs> all I'm asking for. It's all I'm asking for. Nah, well, you know. You know. If you shred up some beets, <laughs> your poop will be purple. Some beets. Uh, you know, if you mix in, yeah. If you mix in some carrots, you're gonna have orange poop. <laughs> now, if you got that UTI, you might want to use cranberry juice as a marinade. Bro. Don't don't hate, man. Bro, don't Donnie, don't hate. Please. What are the people in the comments saying about? Best burgers. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> uh, That's what they're see. saying. NY Jazz fan says, throw some uh, jalapenos on your Five Guys Jalapenos. burgers. It's cash. Britt, are you, Mrs. Monty, are you a jalapeno on your burger? Oh, hell yeah. I love the spice. Bring the spice. Bring the spice. Okay. Okay. I, I like it. Uh, Giggity says went to JCW's a couple of weeks ago and it was fire. JCW's, JCW's is good, dude. Like, JCW's no doubt about on it. National Burger Day. JCW's yeah. is going to get the job done. Oh yeah, no absolutely, doubt. no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alan Smith says no drive-through, not fast food. See, I, yeah, I, don't I know. can really see I don't it both know. ways. I just feel like Five Guys has better quality. That's what I always come back to. Clayton says wrecked him. You damn near killed him. Yeah, which pretty is what, much. Which is what red meat does to you. Yeah. Uh, Kanai Johnson says the bots are back, but I took care of it. Yeah. Justin Salas says as soon as you said wrecked him, the bots showed up. <laughs> I'm for real. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you ain't wrong. I'm for real. You ain't wrong. You know. Uh, there's a huge argument about why Knicks fans listen to this show. What do you mean, why do they listen to this show? Because it's the best show yeah, ever, you dude. Waiting? I mean, come on. Hello. Come on. Uh, let's see. San Diego State uh, Aztecs 21 says the best burger smoked, and it comes off the grill in my backyard. Yes. Hey. Well, there's no doubt about that. Hey. No doubt about I that. I like that. 19 Conman NYC 84. 
Okay. 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 Says, I like the Omaha Steaks filet mignon burgers, not fast food burgers. Yeah, I will say. Oh, my God. Omaha Steaks. Oh, but they're good. I haven't heard that in a long time. But they are really good. Do you still buy them out of a magazine? What, but who's the company that drives around and like delivers you swans? Swans. They're still in uh, like in South Jordan. We see them driving around all the time. So they they are still Meat around. Delivery. You're never gonna beat the quality of at home made food. Like, no. Let's just, right. I, I, and I don't think it's a fair comparison. Like I think we're talking fast food here. And in, in all fairness, Mrs. Monty is an amazing food prepper. Like yeah, I mean the the yeah, it's amazing. But I agree. We're talking fast food yeah. burgers. Yeah. There's. There's no doubt about that. Kanai Johnson says Zion Williamson needs a turkey burger. Yeah. By the way, I will say JCW's makes an incredible turkey burger. I, I mean. You know. They do. They do. They make it's it. It's National Burger Day. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Okay. What are the other choices? Wendy's. Dave's Double. Good for drive through fast food, but not the top dog. When's not the last time you had like a McDonald's burger? No, oh, It's dude. been a while. Man, bro. it no, has been. man, uh, No. It has been fast we, food's like low on the chain, or I'm sorry, McDonald's is low on the fast food chain. Not for breakfast, it's not. No, not no. for breakfast, it's not. No, it's I'll not. tell you what. You know who has terrible <laughs> breakfast? Wendy's fast food <laughs> breakfast is awful. No, yeah. the problem with Wendy's fast food breakfast here is that they're never actually open. No, <laughs> their staff issues in the morning often close them. They're like, well, yeah, we don't have enough people, so we're not open yet. And today. the bigger issue is. There are some people of questionable character what? that work at in and every it's, fast but no, but food. it's just this Stop particular it. Wendy's. It's all of them. Yes, American. It makes me not want to let them put their grubby hands on my burger. Why you are you know, being like, judgy? That because was mean. it's just this one. Don't, that was me. The last just time, okay, this okay. one particular place. The last time we went to Wendy's for for a burger, we rolled up, and the guy that was working at Wendy's was smoking outside. That same guy comes in and helps us with our food. And that was not a great experience. That's why. That's why there's judgment on that particular Wendy's because that was a bad look. That's well, why. a bad look. It is a bad look. Yeah. And, but I, 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 right, but I'm not saying that you're a loser if you but work in fast the, food. The That's staff, not what no, I'm yeah, saying. You're not saying that. But no. I, think, I think the staffing issue thing doesn't excuse not washing your hands. You know, no. like, no, I agree. I think, that, I think it's, a, just a, it's just a bad look to be caught smoking and then walk back in and clearly, based on time and how quick he got to the window, not wash your hands or follow yeah. food safety. Come on, bro. Come on now. Uh, Caleb yeah. uh, says, I would compare five guys to Smashburger over McDonald's for sure. For sure, yeah. For Marlon sure. Shaw says, five guys the best. The fries make it heaven. Yes. Hell yeah, they do. Gene Stream Gamer says, Aloha Burger the best with pineapples on it. No. Do we put pineapple on burgers? You can. Like a, is it like a pineapple teriyaki? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So you're a, you're a fan of that? Oh, yeah. Totally. You're a fan of that. Okay, Jake, are you mm. a fan of... I mean, I'm sure it would be really good. I just then haven't... I don't have jalapeno. a lot of experience with it. Uh, What'd you say there, kid? Then add the jalapeno on top. Oh, come on. Make it a spicy You're sweet. You're killing me. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Robert says, Chubby's Chubby's. What's wrong with a chubby? The bots are going to come back. Um, Antonio Ruiz says, I don't understand how you guys go into a fast food place and order healthy food. You cheated by walking in there in the first place. Yeah, precisely. That's what I'm well, saying. See, and then what you can do is you can get the asparagus. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, if you get the asparagus, if you peel it off, it almost, almost, not totally, but it almost looks like string cheese. I mean, it, do it doesn't. You know.
Fine. at all, but it almost, uh, um, you know, and then you take broccoli and holy cow, man. Now you're, now your colon's like singing festival tunes to you. Like, I mean, it's festival amazing. Festival tunes. Like, if you've ever wanted your rectum to play the xylophone, have some broccoli and asparagus together. I, I 100% <laughs> will go for the fried green beans <laughs> at the habit. Serious. Stop having fun. Stop it. Do you use a cough button? Don't you have a cough button? Like, no. By the way, like by the way, hear you cough. Mrs. Monty, Mrs. Monty's like, no, I don't have a little cough working. <clears throat> no, I have to clear my throat. I need more water. I'm working out <clears throat> like a beast. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> 19 con man says, uh, yes, Texas burger is king. Uh, BTS Dance Studio says in and out. The burger at In-N-Out is good. I do enjoy it. The fries are terrible. And yeah, nah, I can't. Oh, come on, BTS. Talon Horton Tucker likes White Castle. See? It's all wrong, You had to man. bring up White it's Castle. It's all wrong. What's wrong with White Castle? Where's the Whataburger fans? Good. A what a Wait. Well, they're not Whataburger Whoa. fans. Don't even start with that. You I know will say. In Texas love Whataburger. Whataburger. What a burger! See what he did there. It's like the name, yeah. but then he said oh, oh, what a burger, what? and it, like it see, all kind of goes know, together. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, can Wait. you believe that? What a burger is not a bad burger. The bun is what makes the what a burger. The problem is you the know. fries are trash. Yeah, that's the problem with that. Yeah. Uh, Giggity says best burgers have eggs on them. Fried eggs. Hell on yeah, them. they do. I don't Hell disagree yeah. with that. I don't disagree with but that. But see, that's where homemade you can really go the extra mile and make it how you want it. Gene Stream Gamer, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> he says McBarrett has the softest bun. See, like that's a, a RJ Barrett is it's a soft bun. Soft. Okay. BTS Beautiful. says in and out's the best. No. Uh Drew's one minute finance says a spam burger. Delicious. Could be an option with pineapple. No. <laughs> oh. Snooka says I joined at a weird time. <laughs> Riley, what kind of meats between the patties? Riley O'Brien <laughs> says, morning casuals, another nailed prediction by the Monty Show. Thank you, by the way. And if you're here, all 319 of you, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really helps the channel grow. Riley, good to see you. Always good to see you. Strange uh, Cloud says, number of people watching show live decreasing rapidly. If Look, I'm what? not the one talking about broccoli. What? That's not was not me. Going to Cincinnati. Justin Salas says the habit. I forgot about them. Haven't been uh, in four years we since went I the left other Utah. Day, didn't we? The ha that, well, I hate to say this out loud on National Burger Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We ahead. had an impossible burger at the habit. Dude, stop. Stop. You're encouraging her. It was good. Listen, my estrogen levels are incredibly high right now. It's really despicable. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, the the impossible burger at at um the habit was actually quite good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I, I was... I so was, was the club sandwich. <laughs> See, listen. I'd rather have a club, you know. Uh, okay, look, uh, you guys <laughs> want to get some burgers? Okay, cool. Let's go to the habit. They got great burgers. But what's worse? Okay, I'll have, it's I'll National have a Burger Day. I'll have a double lettuce, tomato. Like, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to have one of those impossible burgers. I'd like an impossible burger, too. You're oh. casual. Is that it? No, Jake, what do you want? Um, I have no, a club sandwich. No, that's not what's happening here. That's not what's sandwich. happening here. 
What's worse, on National club Burger Day having an impossible burger what or having a club sandwich? Come on. Yeah, man, Get the I, hell out of here. Can I have a club sandwich? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> the hell. Burger, 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 burger. Club sandwich, please. Yeah. It is a greater crime to have an impossible burger on National Burger no, it's Day not, okay. than a, than a club sandwich. I didn't say to have an impossible burger on National Burger Day. Yeah, but you're Day. sitting here mocking me over a club sandwich club on National sandwich, Burger Day. Please. Um, Come on now. How do you have a club Come sandwich? Come on now. Uh, Dylan Rodriguez asked a very pertinent question. Right. What about a filet fish I love <laughs> me some filet fish <laughs> I love me some filet of fish. I'm sure you do. I do. I'm sure you do. Hell yeah. When was the last time you actually had a filet of fish? Because I'm pretty sure it's been like a decade. Uh, a fish sandwich is actually really good. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. A fish sandwich with some onion rings. The bots are going to come back. Oh, you are getting waxed. That's right. What? Why do we have to talk about this stuff, bro? Come on. You what? Know. what? Damn. What are you talking about? Uh, Boyd Lake says, uh, sweet buns on Whataburger. Yeah, I've heard that about her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Donnie, please. What is wrong with you? I've gotten too much. I got like uh, eight always, hours of uh, sleep. i stood on my innocence. I got eight hours of sleep last night. You mess with Whataburger, you mess with Texas. I agree. True. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, here in New York, the best fast food burger are five guys in Shake Shack. See, now Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Well said. Sit up straight. <laughs> Fix the hair. Shake Shack is not terrible. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Giggity says, was Jake disappointed there wasn't a chicken burrito at the habit? Hey. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Old reliable. That chicken. Is, that is listen, call. listen. Oh. Chicken burritos hey, and mac um, and cheese. Hey, let's go get old some reliable. tacos. Let's old go reliable. get some tacos. Okay. Uh, I'll have a carne well, asada can, tacos. Can you watch the like level on that one? Because God damn, Jake, what do you want? Chicken burrito, please. Hey, you know you've been here a thousand times to Red Iguana, and you've only ever had a chicken burrito. Would you like to try something else? That's no. He loves the tacos. Don tacos Ramon. Don Ramon. That's my I thing. I have a chicken burrito. You're so you're the same guy who is all about oh routine, 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 everything same every single day, and then you're gonna mock me about you know knowing what I like. Club sandwich. Yeah, please. I want it. Yeah, boy. Don't you know yeah, who boy. I am? Anyway, I, I come on. Stop talking. Uh, Utah Home Loan says comedy gold. Thank you. Come on. Uh, Mark Hale says uh, Impossible Burger is still a burger. It's in the name. Well. Okay. Mm. Caleb, uh, Caleb Elamore says, do you guys have steak and shake? No, but we've talked about steak and shake on this here show. Uh, excuse me, this here program. This here program. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank steak you. and shake. I've had steak and shake probably 17 too many times in my life. God bless. And, and it is good. Steak and shake is good. NY Jazz fan says, Monty, you're killing me. <laughs> Um, Gene Stream Gamer says, man, burger topic makes me hungry, but after hearing a wet fart, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you mess with people, Gene? Why do you mess with people? That's crazy. Uh, let's see. Um, brother. Brother. Let's try Jimbo's Hamburger Palace is the best, Monty. Jimbo. Where is it? Where is that? Where is that? This is Coach Saban. Where is it? Strange Cloud says, you guys ever go to Mobetta's? Oh, oh hell yeah, God. we do. Hell yeah, we do. They yeah. love Mobetta's. Give me the chicken. Give me a, no, give me a regular. Salad. A re not a mini. A regular double chicken terry, as they say at Mobetta's, with double mac salad. Oh, We're good to go. mac salad. And make yeah, sure and they you put get that extra terry sauce? sauce. Yeah, they put that sauce. Oh, my yes. God. 
Make sure you get extra oh terry God. sauce to put on the brown rice. My God. I like me some Mobettas. Uh, Mark Hales says there's more. there are more fish sandwiches sold on Fridays than any other days, any of the other days combined. How do you uh, know that? He also says Shake Shack, Shake Shack is barf. I, wow. I am curious about your obsession with the fish sandwich. The fish sandwich is good, man. He's orally fixating. Why? Um, Why do you know statistics <laughs> I don't about know. the fish sandwich? I, I love a good fish sandwich. You, you know, by the way, by the way, um, by the way, Hires Big H has an amazing fish sandwich. Yeah, but if you're going to Hires, aren't you getting a chicken sandwich and a you're shake? You're getting a patty melt. You're a getting patty a melt, patty melt. A patty melt. Oh, hell. Patty melt for uh, sure. Club sandwich place. <laughs> I'm for real. Hires, man. Hires Big H patty melt. That is just <laughs> the best part about Hires is they roll up to the oh. window. You don't drive through at Hires. You park and they roll up to your window. Hi, hi. What can I get you? I'd like a fish sandwich, please. I'm a fucking unit. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Fine with you. Uh, you know. Uh, let's go. Uh, Gabe Ledley, Shake Shack is hella, hell of a drug. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, after being a kid in San Diego on welfare for a few years, I don't want anything to do with spam. Thank you. Appreciate your battle. Uh, <laughs> is there a little acorn in Spanish Fork? Best fries and sauce ever. Little ooh. acorn? Ooh, ooh. Aaliyah and Kel. Crown Burger and SLC is hey. good. Yes. The burger is phenomenal. I mean, I'm still stuck on the little acorn. Okay, is that a euphemism? Or no. It, yeah. What I, it, I'm curious. So what? What is the? You know the? Why are you? I've literally I've never heard of the little acorn, and I'm now curious. Is this real? Is this a real restaurant? I. You have the Google machine there. I would assume. You know. Uh, <laughs> See, can my, I? My microphone doesn't have a stand. So I can't actually type. Did, did, wait, did were you asked oh if you wanted this a mic is, stand? This is, this is gonna, this were you gonna asked if you right wanted here. a mic this stand? Be a fight I right believe here. you were. I believe this you were. Be a fight right here. And you said no. I'd like a club sandwich though. I want more. Okay. Um, <laughs> real quick, I want to move on because Mrs. Monty. Speaking of burgers, yeah. Mrs. Monty has a um, an interesting procedure coming up. Mrs. Monty. Yeah, pull the directions out. We got to hear this. No, you probably shouldn't pull uh -oh. it out. What's the matter? What? What's wrong? Rhino's stomach is making noise. He needs. Oh, uh, he's gonna fucking. Barf. Don't barf, please. Hold on, buddy. Please. Hold on. Like three minutes. That's all we have. Okay, right. real quick. What yeah. do you What do you have coming up in October? <laughs> I have a colonoscopy. And we've talked at length about colonoscopies on the show. And <laughs> so I I get the the prep instructions. This sounds horrible. Put your hands at 10 and 2, friends. <clears throat> horrible. Because they actually start like, they're like, okay, three days before your procedure, basically stop eating food. Dang! Because they say in there, don't eat vegetables or fruits or Acorns. grains. Or like, they, they <laughs> essentially put everything that I actually eat on the list. And I was like, I, I don't know what you want me to eat three days beforehand if I can't have vegetables or fruits. You yeah. could have a patty melt. Right? Um, and then the actual prep, they list out like all these things you need to buy. And one of them is a 64 ounce like jug of Gatorade. Oh. They're going to mix all of this solution in in order to you know clean things out don't and don't don't do it <laughs> please continue the, 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 
the directions to the guys because I was like, I don't know, man. Oh. I don't know if I could do this. And you get to the point where they say two things. One, <laughs> if if you can see to the bottom of the Oh, damn. After your movement, you're ready for your, your procedure. And then the last thing was... God. When you drive to the appointment, you might have to stop on the way there. They tell you in the instructions. <laughs> they're they, like, they're like, hey, you might want to plot a route where there's bathrooms on map the way. Out your route. Don't take a bus or a train because no, you no, know no. you might need to stop. Now, having said that, I think it's way better than the alternative. I, I mean, getting colon cancer is nothing to joke about. Mm-hmm. Right. The hard part is I tried to schedule my colonoscopy and they can't get me in until May. Bro. You're getting in in October. And I don't want to do it together, frankly, because women, we all know that women don't poop or fart. Like we all know that that's like physically impossible for women. They, 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 yeah, they just, women don't poop. They they don't. I mean, we, Hmm. we all know that. But I don't like. I would not want to go through this together. But doing it close. Well, I don't think you. Yeah, I, I think the real reason you don't want to do it together is because you got to take care of each other, right? Like one of you has to be. Somebody healthy. has to be loose yeah, and drive. Like, gotta, no, somebody like, has to not have a loose bowel. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just debilitating. When like, you, don't when you deal with it? And the problem here's the other problem with this is when you have to plot a route for bathrooms on the way, you can only use mm-hmm. Mavericks. Let's be yes. honest, because Mavericks. They all have bathrooms, and they're all phenomenally clean bathrooms. Because if you're putting that buho on a toilet, I'm not I'm not doing that at the Circle K. I'm not going to Can't Jimmy's it, Lube and Fill. I'm going to wear a diaper. Like, oh, come on. But like, my appointment's in freaking Farmington. Like, Farmington? Wh- yes, dude. Bro, it's not like it's the one that's the like street. 40 minutes. I'm telling yes. you right now, if you crap yourself in my Audi, <laughs> oh I'm going to be God. pissed. Oh, my God. I'm going to wear like Suck a fucking diaper. Because, <laughs> like, what? Why what would you, you pick Farmington? It's the only place they have available. Out of the four locations, that was the soonest one that I could <laughs> get in. I've already been going through this for an entire year because the doctor that was supposed to do it in January decided to quit leaves the medical practice and they're like yeah the next opportunity we have is may and i'm like okay well i can't do may okay october that's the next one in farmington bro why did you pick farmington because it's either that or i waited until next year dude Gabe Ledley says, don't they have kits where you poop in a box and mail it instead of going yeah, through this whole colonoscopy Yeah, you want to hear a bad story oh, about dude, that? Dude, my, uh, my close relative, I won't name which one, one of my siblings, in order to avoid having to do the colonoscopy, decided to do the Cologuard. They said that could be your option. It came back as a positive. So oh, then damn. they had to wait to get into a colonoscopy because it's like a six-month wait everywhere in the world right now. Six months of waiting and stressing on whether or not they had cancer to find You're out so it was a false positive. Dude. 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 Bro. Nah, man. See, nah. this is what I mean. You Mm-mm. can't do it nah. at the same time. Nope. One of you has to be healthy to, to, yeah, come on. By the way, Snuka says, I don't want breakfast anymore. <laughs> right? Bro. I don't know what I... That no. is... So here's the other thing that we're doing. I don't even know that I should talk about this because I'll probably get ridiculed, but I really don't care. Um... Here's the other thing that we're doing. By the way, if you're a fan of Dunk, 
the dunk shoe. There's a reserve on uh, sneakers right now. Um, I have started taking low-dose minoxidil. What does that mean? Which is, so if you look at Rogaine. Right. The main active ingredient is minoxidil. Okay. It makes your hair grow. Okay. And so I've been thinking about it. My hair has been thinning quite a bit. And I really don't care what people think. I just don't view myself with a bald head ever. Like it's not something I've ever thought about. So I've been doing a lot of research and just I stumbled across a new study that came out that if you, because people who use Rogaine almost never see positivity out of it. You almost never get a good result because you have to, it has to touch the skin on the top of your head. And it's really kind of a messy, nasty thing. And it makes your hands sticky. It causes skin discoloration. So a lot of people were using gloves. and it Seriously? It was just a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, so people were not using it. So they figured out that if they give you a pill, a very low-dose pill that you swallow once a day, and it is a tiny pill, um, that it works really effectively. And it works in almost 80% of the men who take it. Hmm. Interesting. So it's a very, very effective. So I'm going to do it. Like my hair is is definitely thinning. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't really care that what people think that it, the way it looks or I just like we were joking the other day about mohawks. Like I can't get a mohawk because my hair right. is too thin. Right. So. Right. Affects me. Yeah. So I've started doing that. I Today's the first day that I'm taking it. So I'll keep you updated on it yeah. because honestly, the New York Times, I think, had a really good piece on um, the effectiveness of that. Mrs. Monty, you were telling me you read that? Yeah, it was a really good article. And what they figured out with the dosing and the results they're seeing from the, the pill form, I think it's awesome. If you're uncomfortable with with hair loss, whether you're male or female, because it happens to women too, I think it's a good option. So we'll see what happens. It's supposed to take a little while, but... Uh, yeah, I think it is really interesting. This low-dose minoxidil pill, my doctor was a little hesitant. He's like, well, you're, you know, you're, because I'm 49. So he's telling me you're younger. You still have a lot of hair. Like, he's like, maybe we, it, and he, he like made me go through the ringer on it. And he finally prescribed it for me. And so I started taking it today. So I will definitely uh, let you know how that, how that go. Let's see. Uh, Aaliyah and Kel say the procedure spotted my father's colon cancer early. He is now cancer-free from the operation. I'd take the runs over that any day. Yeah, yes. and I think that's yeah. the tough yes. part. It's just such yeah. an ass beating that like it, it's intimidating. And, and, and I think there's no shame in saying that. I mean, I, hell, I don't need one and I'm still intimidated. Like that, that's, it's scary. Like it is, but yeah, you know, it's a, to that kind of situation. It is, it is worth it. It's unfortunately. the only way to know what's in your butt. Yeah. Yep. Brady cook says also look into keeps for hair grow. Um, you know, like keeps for men. I've, I've seen the, the ads on this. Mm-hmm. I just have never looked at it seriously. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know how to explain. I'm like vanity to myself. Like, I just want to be able to do more with my. I miss having a cool haircut. I miss having, you know, I miss having fun with it. Uh, by the way, brother, brother says now I literally uh, going to the bathroom without eating. Thanks a lot, Mrs. Monty. No offense, <laughs> dude. Dude, brother, Seriously. take it easy. Yeah, uh, Ruff's official says wait times would double or triple to get a colonoscopy, but government health care. Okay, no. No, and I don't have government health care, so you know. Uh, Big Bucket Talk says, donate 100 for us to see Bald Monty, please. Never going to happen. 
Never going to happen. Not doing it. All right, show's over. Wow, you guys are great. If you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. It helps the channel grow. Um, and by the way, thanks to our newest sponsor, Wayman Brothers Construction. Welcome to the show. Uh, really appreciate having them on board. 801-654-1028. 801-654-1028 for Wayman Brothers Construction. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.